right, everybody. Welcome uh, to another episode of To the Fullest with Jason Frober. Today, we have my good friend Kay Killfeather on the show. How are you doing, Mr. Killfeather? How are you doing is more importantly the question. I'm actually doing really good today, man. Feeling great. Been working out a lot. And uh, yeah, life is fucking good, man. Life is really good. That's excellent to hear. I'm happy to hear that. It's been a while, man. It's been a while since we've got to... You know, catch up and it has been too long. Shoot the shit. Yeah, man. Uh, so what? Uh, what has actually been going on with you? I hear you put out what, like four records uh, during the uh, pandemic. Uh, yeah, much to uh, loved ones' dismay. Absolutely. Um, I've been making a lot of noise uh, during the pandemic. Just you know, um, I've been working on a couple records with a couple friends. I had a record come out uh, with my friend Cody Levitt from Asteroid M Records. We worked on for a while and. Uh, and also, while doing that, I recorded a uh, poetry album with my boy Brian Garth from Black Camaro. Uh, we have a friend who is in my friend Ted Raider's band, uh, James Norman, who's a poet out here. He actually just skipped town for a little bit, but he'll be back soon. And um, we took a bunch of his poetry and we wrote music around it. So uh, we put out that record. I put out the Cody Levitt record from Asteroid M, Nuclear Meat Factory, and, uh, and then recorded two at home. You know what I mean? Just like you know, acoustic guitar and then another maybe set of songs just by myself, you know, me doing all the instruments and everything. And then uh, they all just kind of came to a head. You know, they just uh, they were like, oh, they're all finished at the same time. So we kind of just dropped them all at once. And uh, that was it, man. And after that, got right back into the studio with Brian Garth and started recording the next one. So... That's crazy. So you already have an, uh, another album coming out. You know? Yes, at the end of this year, I hope. So, I mean, it's we're, we're pretty much in the, you know, final tracking stages right now. We got a couple more songs to do, but we're, we're taking a lot of time to, you know, really record the shit out of this thing. You know what I mean? Like before my MO was kind of just like, oh, here it is. Let's just record it. Throw a throw a SM57 in the room and call <laughs> it a night. You know what I mean? Um but now we're really taking the time to produce and kind of, you know, polish it, so to speak, you know, make sure that I have a tendency of screaming a lot of the time. So toning that down a little bit and trying to, like, you know, sing on a record. Um, but it, it's just it's a whole lot that um, is kind of just coming to fruition. You know, all the years of hard work that uh, I'm going on my 18th year here in Vegas in the scene, gigging and writing and performing and releasing stuff and it's finally just kind of, you know, come into that big pyramid head at the top where it's like, oh shit, now I've got, now I've got obligations to fill and I've got like, you know, deadlines to meet for sure, for, for real now, you know, like. You really deserve all the accolades you're getting. Uh, you. I've been mixing you doing random projects for fuck, like 13 years, something right. like that. It's I've been, been a minute, here. right. That I, I know personally that you've been out here just putting out music and crazy bands and like just amazing project after project. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it couldn't happen to a better guy, man. I'm fucking stoked for you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Like, yeah. So, I mean, the, the new record, um, I just got a, a record label behind me now, um, called Gold, Golden Robot Records out of Australia. They signed me to their punk rock division, Riot Records. And, um, I'm going to be putting out the record through them at the end of the year. Uh, I have a brand new single coming out 
the pre-order is just available i think a couple days ago but um the single the new single king creep is going to be coming out july 27th uh on riot records as well so um like i said now i got obligations to fill you know i'm trying to get this record done and it was more of like an impromptu thing you know like we i was just i'm I'm always recording you know for the past I, i could honestly say realistically past decade so 10 years um before that it was kind of just like anytime we could get someone to record us i didn't do a lot of my own recording so it was we were at the mercy of friends and someone like oh dude hey man i'm taking this class at unlv come into the studio and we'll get like four hours and we'd go in and we're like oh my god like but we had no idea how to use anything you know what i mean so um we've had opportunities like that um and then after a while it was just like looking at everything going wow this is so expensive you know the more professional you try to get like anyone could do a garage record pull out your cell phone nowadays and we oh, have yeah. the we have the we have garage band on our fucking cell phones yeah. like make a record you can you literally can but might not get played on the radio might not get any traction whatsoever but at least you have your idea formulated into something that's tangible that someone could go what do you sound like here it is right instead of what do you sound like oh dude i sound like fucking nirvana bro ha. next nirvana dude it's like no okay uh, come on all right kurt cobain let's fucking get real um but yeah i still have my um uh what's it called my old four track i have the four, oh, four track yes. with the fucking cassette on it right oh, that shit was that's amazing we used to sync up uh two four tracks together so you'd kind of you just fucking I guess it's how they did the Beatles records you know oh, they'd have yeah. two four tracks absolutely and they just bounce the the whole mix down yeah and uh and you're just stuck with it you know you're, you're like <laughs> right. those are the fucking drums it, that's man. a stereo image of the drums moving on you know I want and, my shit to sound like fucking disturbed dude <laughs> no okay use a fucking use a beat maker yeah <laughs> you know? we're gonna need a lot of compressors in here right exactly uh, but like I said no it's just you know over the years um so the first you know I'd say good eight years of my career here it was just like at the mercy of uh, oh hey we're practicing someone likes us let's record it um and then after a while you're like oh shit now i want a real record i want it to sound good i want it to you know get some traction or get some people listening to it and then it starts costing so much money and you're looking at like 1500 bucks and then you're looking at three thousand bucks and you're looking at five and then you're looking at ten yeah. and you're like when does it end it, don't. it doesn't end because it's art so it's like it it only ends when the artist is like i'm good yeah i don't want to spend any more on this you know any more time money or, or thought or whatever um so after that 10 year pe- or after that eight year period rather because uh, i'm going on 18 years like i said i just was like you know what i gotta learn how to do this myself man i gotta learn how to like set up mics myself and get my guitar tone myself like oh that snare and that one song fucking alice in chains 1993 oh my god like i want that snare you know what i mean and then you learn like oh you learn how to do it you know what i mean and then it's like why am i gonna pay some dude a hundred dollars an hour to do that yeah it's right on the internet just look on the internet and it'll teach you how to do it um and not saying that I'm even that good at recording, yeah. um, but I've just, you know, haphazardly have had to learn it over the years. And um, when te- you're just paying, you're paying for the gear the guys got collected over the years, absolutely. right? Like his experience is very important. I mean, right. I per- personally, as an audio engineer, absolutely. but it's like, right. they got the converters, they got the preamplifiers, right. you know, they got the latest versions of Pro Tools with the yeah. entire uh, you know, plug-in bundle package, and you're just like, fuck, I just would rather rent this from you right. than put it all together myself. Absolutely. And there's also the difference between, like, um, getting someone to record you and just paying them for, like you said, the aspect that they have the, the gear. Yeah. But there's also always, 
always, always, always, whether they're doing it for free or whether you're paying them, there's always going to be that like, hey, you should do this, that producing aspect of like, yeah. hey, I hear this. You should do that. And it's taken me so long. It's taken me up till this year, honestly, in my whole life to be able to like sit back and go, all right, maybe my idea wasn't perfect. And maybe I maybe what you're saying, the producer, is actually not um, going to hinge on my creativity. You know what I mean? It's going to make it actually the song sound better. Yeah. We're trying to make a song here. We're trying to make something that people like. You know, at the end of the day, it's still got to have creative merit, merit and it's still got to make you feel like, oh, this is me. You know, like I created this I, out of my blood and bone. This is my this is my soul. Right. But. At the end of the day, hey, sometimes my soul is not meant to be heard by other people, you know, yeah. and, and certain aspects, because when you're, tr what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get into the industry? Or are you trying to just make music? Because there's, there's a very, very, very thick line between those spectrums, yeah. you know what I mean? It's made out of money. Right. made out of lots and lots of money. Lots of time. And yeah. money. If, if time is money, then Which absolutely. It totally is. Exactly. Um, and, you know, over the years, once again, it's kind of just been like that over the, over time where you get you get a record down or you have a whole bunch of friends and you guys are like, oh, let's do, let's be a band. Yeah, I, I like, I play this, you play that. Oh, dude, band, right? Yeah. And then what are we going to be called? Okay, cool. What are we going to, where's our logo? Okay, cool. Where, who's booking us? Okay, cool. You know what I mean? And all these things then like build and build and build to where it's like, holy shit, dude, I'm signing W9s now. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. At the end of the year, the government's like, you made too much money. And I'm like, where did all the money go? Yeah. Right back into the right band. Right back into the band. So it's like, no one's getting paid. It's all just, you know, uh, it's just uh, you, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something that you got to dedicate your life to. And I've been fortunate enough to jam. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to jam and be in bands with amazing musicians. You know what I mean? Just people who are just unrelentingly good, you know, like uh, who, who just be able to hear a song and go, I'm a songwriter. You know what I mean? So when I'm like, Hey dude, I got the song. And then you as a drummer or you as a bass player, just pick it up. I mean, it's, it's very hard to come by. And, um, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to do it over the years, but you know, there just always comes a point in time where as a songwriter, it's, it's tough to not have that rain, not, not take the reins, you yeah. know what I mean? And say like, fuck, okay, now I have shit that I really got to do. So I have to, I have to put it on a trajectory. You know what I mean? Most bands, I think in town, especially, um, we have so many talented bands in Vegas, man. And I've been in a lot of music scenes around the country. Uh, know a lot of people from around the country, and Vegas has something special in that we we do have that creative, organic art scene. But I think people get so lost in the glitz and glamour of like, oh man, I don't have any money, or no one's giving me that fat check. It's like, well, you got to get out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people have always told me in my younger days when I'd complain and pontificate on how there's not a lot going on, and poor me, poor me, and they'd say. Get get on the road, dude. What are you yeah. doing? Go tour. That's how you make money. You, you want to? I always like to tell people the story of Imagine Dragons because right. I was fortunate enough to work with them in the beginning of the career. Yeah, uh, and and they sacrificed everything, mm -hmm. and they moved in next to each other. Oh wow! To, uh, so they got two houses next to each other for the five people, right? Yeah. And they fucking set up shop in the house, and all day they practice. Every day is practice, and at night then they go right, right. to the clubs. They don't. They, they would play some of their own songs, right? But they were playing fucking top forties every night. Yeah. 
every night right getting their name out there though as imagine dragons right yes. and uh and then in the middle of their set they're like this one's an original and but so <laughs> they got their product out there by just playing other people's fucking product but by being so persistent and such a just a constant right and they just that was how they paid for those two houses, by the way, right? Oh, I'm sure. Was yeah. the fucking, all the cover songs they were playing, right? right? They were just all in, 110%, right? right. Like, just that we are fucking doing this, well, or it, we're going to die trying. Dude, and you know what? Like, it really goes to show you what band in history, what, like, band that's, you know, billboard charting in history didn't start off that way. Yeah. All bands started off that way. Yeah. Every single band you've ever heard in the history of time has co- recorded and covered a Bob Dylan song. You know what I mean? There's a reason for that. Um, dude's a hit maker. Yeah. So people are like, well, how can we break in the industry? And you know what? Knock on fucking heaven's door and let's just, let's get right in there. You know, the yeah. Beatles, the Rolling Stones, all of these bands were essentially cover bands before they became hit sensations. Yeah. And it's because, um, I mean, I could literally, this could be a whole podcast on its own because yeah. it took me a long time to fucking figure that out. I was like, you know what? There's no bands out there that, um, that, got famous or got any recognition without doing a cover song. So I research and research and research. It's, it's true. Yeah. Even Captain Beefheart. Even <laughs> Captain Beefheart, what was it? Uh, Diddy Wa Diddy. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, exactly. I love that you fucking dropped Captain Beefheart on yeah, the fucking podcast. Absolutely. That'll probably be the only time that ever happens. Right. I love Captain Beefheart. Dude, I, of am course. A, I am a Beefheart fanatic. My dog's name is Oberon Beefheart. So. That's so fucking great. Oh, man. Beefheart's so weird. Right. Uh, I'm sure nobody has any idea what we're talking about. Right. Uh, definitely go check out Captain Beefheart. It's, uh, you know, kind of the inspiration of Zappa. He even, right. play, he even played with Zappa. Well, if times. it wasn't for Zappa, there probably yeah. would not have been a Beefheart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think both of those guys kind of fed into each other man right and then they created primus somehow yeah i think they they both just cosmically just intertwined and just birthed less claypool somehow yeah exactly that's exactly how it happened less less's parents went to a beefheart zappa concert (laughs) and they just that's how it happened oh that's exactly how it went down right that's so funny but yeah it's it's um it's one of those things man i think uh consistency is is more important than uh like your how amazing you think you are as an artist right oh my god absolutely. it's just like uh, uh the guy who's gonna fucking play every single weekend you know he's playing friday someplace he's playing saturday someplace he doesn't give a fuck he's putting the covers out right. people are dancing to his songs but people remember the name of his band and they might remember that one song he's got yeah compared to the guy who's just like i'm only gonna play you know like this particular fucking way and I'm going to play all originals and like nobody remembers that show at all. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things that, uh, it just works. It just works. Anytime I see that, um, what was it? Mighty, mighty, no, no, not mighty, mighty boss tones is another fucking ska band. That I, uh, Real Big Fish. Real Big Fish. They Real were, Big Fish. They They're a just a cover band. Right. Oh, dude, I worked with them yeah. uh, at a convention. They came in and literally, um, they changed my whole opinion about what being in a band's fucking about, right? Like, Real Big Fish yeah. changed my fucking life. Wow. Because these guys come that's, in. That's a t shirt right there. Right? Real Big Fish <laughs> changed my life. Like, I don't even like ska. <laughs> yeah. But they, they changed my life. Dude, my whole, my whole 
perspective on what the fuck I'm, a, I'm doing here right. as a musician, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a musician. It's like that's what I, I grew as, right? Like yeah. I, that's, that's the thing that you are. And I love playing music, man. Uh, and it'll, it'll always be a part of me. But then there's all this bullshit that goes on in your fucking head too where you right. get confused about what the point is. And, I, and, and so when I worked with them, they played cover songs all night long and just passed a bottle of fucking Jack Daniels around the stage. Stop playing. Right. They just stop playing in the middle right. of a fucking song, drinking straight out of the bottle, having the fucking time of their <laughs> lives. Right. Right. And this is like, uh, it's just a, another, it's a corporate show. Like it's not even like they're, they're on tour or anything. They're just, people didn't buy tickets for this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's having a blast right. and they, they didn't play anything but fucking cover songs the whole time. I think they met, they might've played like one. I don't even know what the, I don't even know what the real big fish song is right. that they wrote, but I don't think they wrote it. No, no. The, I, how they broke is take on me. Yeah. They broke from that song, I think, but also they were in a couple Hollywood movies and stuff like that. I mean, one of their uncles the is probably right? a, a yeah, basketball, right? One of their uncles is probably a lawyer or something, but like, but still that's, a, it's a yeah. beautiful story because it really does show you that like, you can't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. You know, you like, even though that this band is essentially a Nickelodeon band, you could just pop them on any time of the week to, you know, primetime television to children and parents won't be upset you know what i mean that the ratings will stay you know stay at a good number yeah. um but at the end of the or like look at the aquabats they really embrace that you yeah. know what i mean after kind of falling i wouldn't say falling out of the punk scene but like after kind of not really putting out too much stuff that punk rockers were like oh my god now they're like on yo gabba gabba or whatever these children's shows are that's probably a 10 year old show now i don't even know but um they embrace that like yeah you know what we are kind of poppy we are kind of Disney, whatever. Let's just do it. Make the money, dude. Dude, I'd like to make some money. I don't know about you, but like those dudes are making money. That was that's you know like that was my whole thing. Is uh, you tell the, me the, the real big fish are out there fucking making you, money, just fucking around with their, their right, friends. They're right, just exactly. Fucking around with their buddies playing cover songs. Yeah, and making a kill and doing it. It's yeah. such a it's such a like anytime you're like kind of scamming the world. Right? right, it's just so much better to earn money that way. When Dropping a deuce on the clock. You yeah, know what exactly, I mean? exactly. Right, and you're just like these guys are just fucking. They're they they got it made, man. Right. They figured out they figured out this secret, and it's it's don't sweat the fucking small stuff. Well, and, and let's just you entertain know, some to, people to have fun, but also to realize at the end of the day, it's a business. We got to make money. Yeah, the business. We got we have paperwork to sign at the end of the day. Yeah. Once again, when we party in and we're having this great ass time, then someone walks up with the bill and says, "Someone has to pay this." Who's that going to be? That's usually me, man. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and it's, once again, just happenstance because I don't fault anyone ever. Like, once again, I have been fortunate enough to jam with some amazing people, man. And I don't have any bad words to say about anyone, but it, just the fact of no one has ever wanted to do those things. No one's ever wanted to do the business side of it. Why would they? No, nobody. No one wants to do that, but you have to, or else you're just in the garage. Yeah. And that's unfortunately the hard pill I had to swallow. Um, 20 fucking years go by and you have to swallow that pill of like, well, what do I want to do? I could do this for the rest of my life. I can make music. I can be in bands. I can perform. I could grind teeth for a hundred bucks a night or whatever it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, or I could, I don't know, maybe try to get on the chessboard. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have a couple options. Once again, jam and have fun and friends and, and no responsibilities. Everyone's just kind of hanging out, dude. Yeah, yeah, let's get high and hang out. And who cares, right? Yeah. I care. You know what I mean? Like, this is all I got. I don't have 
a, a huge like family to fall back on. I don't have, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to have my immediate family that I live with, my fiance and my two pups, you yeah. know what I mean? But like, we're doing it on our own, man. There's no rich uncle. There's no, there's no dad like shooting out a bunch of cash for either of us. So it's like any dreams we want to do, we have to do it ourselves and we have to, yeah, we're going to have to paste some macaroni on, on some paper at first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until we can go, okay, cool. Now it's time to really put like, once again, this record, this record now before going back to what I was talking about before about having to do it myself, didn't really cost anything. Like I said, you put a mic up, a mic that you've had for a crusty old SM58 that you've had for 10 years and you record your first record and you're like, whatever. And it is what it is. And when you listen to it now, there's some nostalgic, like, Oh, back when I was young feeling, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, after a while, you want to get traction. So then you got to start paying motherfuckers to do it for you because they got the gear and they got the know-how. You're not just paying for a dude because of his gear. Now you're paying a dude because of his mind. Yeah. You're paying a dude because of his time. doesn't matter that you only have $1,500, bro. It costs 5000 yeah. So you are only going to get 15 worth of work. And most musicians go, man, they should just want to do it for free. They should just want to put their name on it. It's like, a ridiculous no, come on, concept. Man, that's not – like, once again – guy comes to your house and fixes your sink yeah. you're paying him for his time yeah doesn't matter how much the sink cost you give me 25 percent of the royalties yeah exactly right you want me to do it for free yeah exactly and but 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 that's another thing 25 percent of royalties of zero is, is zero. zero yeah so absolutely. what would you rather have no you know, i like i charge by the i charge by the hour right uh, absolutely like, which you should yeah anyone you should to. you have to yeah it's ridiculous everybody comes in and goes so can you give me like a per song rate and i go no because you're insane and you're going to want to mix it for 25 right. hours it's like oh i can mix God. it for 25 hours but i am going to charge you for every single one of those Dude, hours i've spent thousands on songs yeah. one song thousand bucks yeah one song 1200 bucks and it's like and then you listen to it and you're like i'm not even happy with this yeah how did I do that? I just recorded a whole 20 records in my bedroom that I am stoked on. Yeah. And I just spent $1,200 on one song and I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Come on. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough industry, but you have to not have too many feelings in this industry. Unfortunately, you know, you have to be able to make decisions and stick with those decisions because once again, things are going out. Yeah. Press junkets are being had, you know what I mean? Like, or whatever. There is you know a what release I mean? date. There is a release date. There are <laughs> deadlines. Oh, we have the show. It's booked. We got to be there at this time. Um, we, we're going to be on this podcast. We got to be here at 2 p.m. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, where before it's just like, hey, fuck, we'll do whatever we want, man. It's cool, whatever. And then you realize, wow, dude, 18 years has gone by. Yeah. And I've been slowly, slowly climbing up the ladder. Why? Because I've been weighing myself down with the whole, man, but me and yeah. my artistry, dude. It's a big weight. And it's like, ah, man, you got to sometimes just like let go. And it's it's easier to say than to do. Um, but like I said, it's, it's like I try to use this kind of example. Like when you're in the studio and you're paying for time and it's costing a lot of money. And dude, it goes, do you like this? No. Do you like this? No. You know what I mean? You got to just yeah. make the decision. Yeah. It's gone now. I can't, I can't be focused on the small stuff. You know what I mean? I yeah. just want the snare to sound this way. Make it sound like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. And literally walking in and saying like this record right here, I want this snare sound. That's the best fucking thing you could ever do right, as exactly. a musician you know, is just walk in and say, right. I want the fucking snare from the, this fucking album, you know? And, yeah. And, and, and they'll give it to you. 
we'll, we'll make it fucking, we'll go, we'll go buy that fucking snare right now. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. it's awesome. It's, it's best when you're working in a place that has the snare, yeah. option, uh, the, you know, like the gear uh, options. But once again, you're paying for that. It's what not I, just like, oh man, my, my buddy's got a home studio. Yeah. He doesn't have 20 snares. Yeah. Yeah. What I like too is uh is with the the, the advent of like uh, superior drummer you can have twenty snares like I I do the uh, digital drummer stuff and uh, yeah it's uh it's fantastic to just swap through the snares and like or I can even get the drummer just comfortable on a kit real quick that they're just like fucking yeah I play pearls and I go here's a pearl kit and then they go oh I like that and I go cool just play and it's MIDI notes man well fucking right. we can turn it into anything oh my god that was a big eye opener for me as well when it's like oh man I want to sound like the, okay one time i had this guy i was working with who said i want my drums to sound like x yeah after the record was done trigger it and i just said there's no way man like you want it to sound like that those are fake dude they're not fake dude that drummer's not fake and i'm like i'm not saying the drummer's fake the drummer's amazing and yeah, he can do all those things in real life on but triggers. he sat there for three hours and went snare crack cymbal smash kick thump Mm -hmm. And then producer guy went, I'm going to just fucking trigger the whole fucking kit. And it sounds gorgeous. And it sounds amazing. And everyone's like, I want my shit to sound like that. Well, then you have to get over the fact that nothing is real. Yeah. Like to get the Tom to sound that way. Right. It's like we're going to take a fucking Neumann U87 and run it through a beautiful fucking preamplifier. Right. And then we're going to fucking run it through these fucking whatever the HDIOs are for Pro Tools now that are just converted at 192 K. And it's like it's like, yeah, when he hits that Tom, like let's say the Tom is a thousand dollars with the head on it. Right. Yeah. He hits that Tom and then your thousand dollar Tom gets ran through ten thousand dollars worth of uh, microphone and preamplifier and it goes boom. And that's one transient of the Tom in an isolated room. And then you can trigger that. Right? right. But we can't do that over the whole kit. Right. We can't just put fucking U87s all over your kit. Right. And have you play live because now all this bleed's going to come through. Yeah. But if you fucking trigger that sound. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's it's this beautiful thing and drums are getting bigger and bigger and bigger right and people go i want a fucking huge sounding drum kit like that and it's mm -hmm. but that's like you said sorry bud that's fake right and uh you know like we can give it to you and there's totally. no shame and there's no shame in that like no, i think the musicians too like we're we are in the digital age man it's, you know it's what i mean like going. if it's great sounding if it costs me 1300 or three thousand dollars to buy a mesa boogie head but I could just download a thing that sounds just like a Mesa Boogie head. Oh, yeah. Why not? I don't even like that shit. Like, once again, I prefer the sound, the retro sound of putting a mic on, in front of a cabinet that's been fucking slashed up and shit. That's the best you know sound. what I mean? Because that's the best sound. It's the best sound. It's the greatest it's, sound. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's seriously, it's just like, there is something, there is something to be said about the magic of a live performance. Absolutely. All yeah. day. I will, I will never, ever say that digital recording is better or just as good as, um, retro recording, analog recording. Right. But if you want your shit to sound like a pop record, you're going to use the digital workshop. You're yeah. going to use the triggering. You're going to use the the Neumann plug-in opposed to the, you know, actual microphone that no one has because they can't afford it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's a weird, it's a weird culture to embrace because it's taken me a long time also to be like, man, what is music? 
what is considered music is is anything that is artistically created that has tones and melody mm -hmm. is that music absolutely absolutely is but it takes me some musicians like no man that's not real music why because you didn't have to sit there and strum it it's strange it's just a weird concept well for your brain right your brain is um, when the third beat happens so you've, you 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 hear a, a, a clap and then you hear another clap and you're like, oh, baby, right. that's music. That third right. time, yeah, and, you, exactly. and you have predicted that third clap based on the right. distance of time between the first two claps. There's going to be a third one right here, and what happens? That's all music is. Yeah. Anything, I mean, that there's, it's, and it's such a simple explanation of it that literally anything at that point is music. If it's a pattern, and it repeats itself, and it makes your brain tickle. It's music. It's sound. Right. It's fucking make. For me, um, like I got over it um, with the digital thing, right? Or like I dove into the digital thing really hard, right. and uh, and so I have like the digital drums, digital guitars, uh, digital bass, right? Everything's like in the box. I just plug line level in. I mean, I have a real bass. I have a real guitar. I have a virtual drum set that's tr and I'm playing and I'm triggering. Right. Um, but literally everything is a virtual instrument being recreated in the computer. And because right. um, my my opinion at that point was um, all that matters is what's coming back out of the pair of speakers. I, I'm like, I, you know, uh, as long as I get to the point where what comes out of the speaker sounds awesome, fucking who cares where it came from? And uh, in going after that. Right. And then we made everything perfect, too. Right. We fucking we, uh, you know, timelines, everything just like fucking right to the grid. And uh, and like everything's this digital perfection uh there's no fucking noise floor right like i mean you can turn it up all the way and just, like, there's no noise floor at all it's fucking crazy and uh it's such a clean perfect sound i fucking i just drove it was just uh, there's why why is there something wrong here and uh and, and i've really gotten to uh the point where i i'm way more into the sound of like the wood and the air that's being captured um of the actual instrumentation right that shit's fucking really important man like i i didn't until i had removed it all until i had gone for that purest digital sound and everything was perfect did i realize that like that's uh i mean that is a thing that's great and like i said one two three it's a song uh, and it doesn't matter where it comes from right? right but like what is the what are you going after factor of that you know what do you want it to ultimately um, represent and be, uh, and, uh, and that air and the wood and the, the, the energy of the room, the capturing the vibrations of the air through magnetism and then, and then channeling it through voltage and running it through the tubes and the warmth and the, it, there's just something so organic and like, uh, it's just spiritual almost about, the timbre of that kind of thing uh yeah uh, yeah it uh i mean any any good engineer will tell you takes not tracks yeah you know what i mean it's about the take because like you mentioned the the air the wood the the ferocity of how like well let's just take drums for example because guitars you could record guitars in a shoe and it doesn't matter you know what i mean <laughs> like vocals drums those are the two things that you really need to stick out right so oh, yeah. when we talk about drums it's like i have dabbled with the digital drums as well and there's something that lacks in them as far as the soul because if you take a drummer 
and you play and he plays to a click or whatever and then you even take it then and put it to the grid there's still something there there's yeah. something extra there like you said the air the performance you feel the dude sweating on it you yeah. know what i mean you feel him oh man he's he's before the click in this part he's after the click in this part you know what i mean and it's like it's just important it's very important because it, it gives things the longevity of someone took the time to really um, use their body, use their whole motion for this, you know, and yeah. uh, what I was going to say before also, the merit of music and whether something is music or not is not based on genre. Yeah. You know, so many people are like, oh man, EDM, that's not music. And it's like, but people love it, but it's people are dancing, it's but a, people are having the time of their life. How could you deny someone it's a repetitive that, that pleasure? Pattern. You know what I mean? Like you're denying pleasure right now. Yeah. I I worked at Guitar Center for a long time. They're trying to. You can't deny those EDM motherfuckers any pleasure. They oh my are God, pleasure right. seekers. Yeah, they exactly. are the happiest people on the planet, baby. No, right. Absolutely. So I worked at Guitar Center for a long time and every fucking on the hour, every hour, Panic of the Disco played. Oh, nice. And it was because my manager at the time was helping them get signed and helping them get, well, I mean, like, whatever, cousins of Fall Out Boy or whatever. I don't even care. But whatever. He was yeah. helping them get signed. That's he got them works. a van. He, manager Guitar Center let them use gear and shit every single hour. Panic of the Disco. And I hated it because I'm, I'm a punk rocker at heart. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't listen to pop radio. I don't listen to the Billboard charts. It passed 1972. So, <laughs> um it's it, it's it was like torture for me um but i got a chance to meet the dudes and they came in one day and jokingly i said to one of them yeah fuck your music dude and shit sucks i have to hear it every fucking day and he's yeah. like yeah man me too i hate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too man you know but hey it's the contract and i'm like uh... it, it clicked for me i'm like wow like even people who make this type of music hate this type of music yeah. but they also have to pay the bills so it's kind of like what would you rather do yeah you want a job or you want to play guitar right exactly because once again you could play guitar for your whole life yeah you can play guitar for the rest of your day but if you want to get paid for it, especially in this town, you either play other people's music or you write a pop song. Yeah. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with that right. shit. No man. shame. No shame in yeah, the game. Yeah, no. I, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's fucking making money playing guitar. Right. 16-year-old right? me is like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, oh, but totally. 32-year-old me is like, man, I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, to be like, oh, I would like a meal right now. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, you get to play guitar and then people hand right. you money. Right. Well, well especially when you can. Deal. Dude, especially when you can still formulate your own creative outlet. Because yeah. at the end of the day, once again, I'm a songwriter. And it's very, very hard for a lot of musicians to understand that concept of, like, there are musicians who play an instrument because they're good at it. Yeah. And because they can. And they feel good doing it. And then there are musicians who are what I like to call cursed, who I just hear songs in my head yeah. and I need to get those songs out of me or else I will explode. So <laughs> it's, there's no, there's not, one is not better than the other. And I think there's always this like, oh man, guitar players, singers, songwriters are always so egotistical. It's like, mm -hmm. no, we just live in a different realm. Like once again, we're not, the realm is not above anyone's realm. They're just, they're parallel realms, but yeah. it's just like, once again, I live in a world where I have a song. I don't just have a riff. I don't just have a guitar thing I did or one lyric that I kind of shout out. Like, no, I have a whole fucking orchestra in my head Yeah, and I need to get it out a certain way. And if it doesn't get out that way, the way that I dreamed it, yeah. then what is it to me? Then it's just, okay, cool. Another job. Sweet. 
cool, let's just do the same 12 songs for 17 years. You know what I mean? Like, are you foreigner? Then you can do that. But if you're not foreigner, if you're not Steve Miller band, then you you can't just live off of 12 fucking songs for your whole career. It's not possible. (laughs) You know, I look at like, we... We are fortunate enough to be in the generation where we have seen it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have seen careers of everybody, Zeppelin, Bowie, Hendrix, The Doors. We've seen, well, not so much Prince because he still has like, I think he's going to have a new record 2049. Yeah. Prince 2049. Yeah. Um, but he, we, we've Prince seen. Prince had so much music. Dude, Prince had too much. Recorded in that oh my studio. God, right. Like, they, I think they could release like an album every year for like the next 50 years or some bullshit and he'll, they'll never go through all the music that Prince recorded. They absolutely did. And and rightfully so. I mean, I'm sure of it. A lot of it was just like him on ecstasy, you know, in a harem of men and women just <laughs> on a bass, just <laughs> funk bass. Um, that was actually what they were going to hear that, it. That was what they were going to use for the opening of Seinfeld, but they went with Marcus Miller instead. So, yeah, you know, that, uh, that bass riff is Right. Like the classic bass riff. Who doesn't know that bass riff? That shit is awesome. Um, but no, music is a very touchy thing, man. And it's so hard to, to let other people in on your process. It's hard to um, open yourself up to the the sharing of like, hey, man, this is, this is all of our thing. Mm-hmm. But then once again, at the end of the day, when you're still looking at the bills and you're still looking at all of the, you know, uh, proverbial bills. Okay. Not everyone, not every band has bills. I get that. Yeah. Some bands have more bills than other. I get that. But it's also like the perspective of we need a trajectory. Yeah. We can't just stay in this town and do nothing. No right. one is ever just going to say, you guys are really good. You know what? Here's a hundred grand. Go live your dream. I don't want no. anything back. You need to go tour. <laughs> right. You need to go play to nobody and hope that like somebody is there early to see the fucking actual band that's playing. Right. And then they're like, that band wasn't so bad. And you got one fucking fan in that town. And then the next time you come back, they might show up to your fucking show and bring like two of their friends. And then the next time you come back and then it's like, oh, well, we've been touring for nine years and now like 50 fucking people show up after right. like nine, 10 years of you touring through that town randomly as a band. Or maybe, you know, fuckload of people fucking start. Yeah, showing and now up you can go, you know what? You paid us 50 last time. Now we're going to need 150. Let's, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, it, right? That's how it works. Well, you got to just go put in those Climb the ladder. fucking dues. Right. As as this one project, you know, don't right. change the fucking name right. and like the logo and then, like all this, oh my God. you know, or creative the, shit, or, and then or, tr- expect people to remember who the fuck you are. You know, I'm sorry to interject, but also the lineup, man. Sometimes it's really hard to to get back from what you had. You know what I mean? Like you start with this fervor and you start with this like expectation of like, oh, what's this? This is a new thing, and then uh, we have to replace the guitar player. Yeah. Oh, we have to replace the bass player. Oh, no. Oh, we can't play that song because that dude wrote this little part. We can't do it. You know what I mean? And it's like it becomes this big thing of where like, man, I've got a vision. I've got like a path that I'm on. I need to I need to follow that path. I'm sorry. I can't diverge from that path to help you with your shit. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's just once again, it's such a touchy subject. And it's really hard for a lot of people to talk about. It's really hard for a lot of bands to last because of that. Everyone is different, and people say, like, oh, that's what's great. But eh, not really, not when it comes to a business setting. Yeah. Because once again, like, take a donut shop, right? Kevin's Donuts. <laughs> and you're the dude who puts my sugar on the donuts. I'm just the guy at the cash register. I'm just the guy who op- turns the lights on. I fucking, it's my donut shop, whatever. I'm writing the bills at the end of the day. Hmm. You're just the sugar dude. And one day, sugar dude doesn't want to show up. You think I'm going to turn off the light? 
Like, no, man, we got to get other sugar dude in here to fucking sugar up the nuts. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a weird, I'm, I'm a freaking Riddler of analogies, but like it's, uh, it's kind of an interesting perspective when you're looking at it from a business perspective. There are bands, and then there are bands that are businesses. Yeah. Um, and like you Van Halen's a great example of that. You transition. You have to transition. You have to make that leap of like, what are we doing? Why are what? What road are we on? Yeah. Why have we stopped? Why have we stopped to just look at the scenery? We've got to go. We've got to like, man, I want to be in outer space right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm still on Earth. Like, fuck, dude. That's what we did with Cracker Man. We were just like, no, we're going to play this club once. And we're moving the fuck on. And we're going to play this other club. We're going to trash that fucking place. And then we're going to play out of town. And then we're going to fucking try to get across. And we're going to get as many festivals as we can. Just opening. Who gives a fuck? Put it out there. Put it out there. Put it out right. there. Put it out there. We'll play anything. And uh, and we and we we got a lot of attention really fast because, yeah, we were, like, able to fucking open for some some bands and fucking, like, just just we didn't give a fuck we we would play trash the place move the fuck on continue to like climb we want to climb we want to climb right and uh we want to get out of town we want to tour we want unrelentingly to yeah like, just like yeah unrelentingly yeah. we were just like we did not take a second to stop we were just like everybody and you're in your fucking face fucking buy our shit right you know like yeah. you got to be aggressive about it yeah, that's and another it, it was great working point. oh man that's another great point like you know the guy on the street corner with a boom box and a cd like yeah. that guy is going to do better than you every time he's gonna sell way more cds than you yeah exactly because yeah. he's hustling and i hate that word i hate hustling no, to me is like I, you gotta you gotta use it in the right context but to me usually when when white people use the word hustle it usually is not a good connotation <laughs> um <laughs> But no, like, you know, just, just hustling for the fact of like, you're trying to get yours, you're trying to get your, your business out there, you're trying to get your music out there. Um, you know, you gotta look at, it's what it takes, you know, and me, I'm an introvert, man. It's taken me so long. I, let me put a number on it. Sure. How many years, but it's taken me so long, um, to, you know what this, this podcast has been a, this has taken me so long kind of podcast, Um, but no, like, uh, to realize that you're an introvert and you don't want to push your stuff on people and you don't want to bother people and you don't want to be a, you know, you don't want to seem egotistical. You don't want to seem like, look at me. I could look at me. I could play the guitar. Yeah. I don't think I'm the best guitar player in the fucking town. There's so many guitar players in town who are like eons above me. And I don't say that in a negative way. I see that like a, Oh my God, that guy's got some talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I play the guitar. I'm not sitting there every day learning arpeggios and shit. Yeah. That guy is. It's so, like exercise. It's Exactly. It's, it's, you have yeah. to learn it in order to do it, you know, for, for a lot of things. Um, well, you have to do it in order to do it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You have to sit there all fucking day and play those arpeggiated sweeps nonstop to be that clean. And right. then the second you stop lifting those weights, right. you know, and you put the guitar down for six fucking months, you can't do that anymore. Dude, me and my guitar that's fight. A, that's an exercise. Dude, it's like a, it's like a. 32 year long marriage yeah. you know me i mean i've been only playing guitar since i was probably like 10 or 12 but um it's been a long time that i sometimes i just like we look at each other me and my me and my guitar my guitar and i we just look at each other and we're like nah fuck you not today i'm sleeping in separate beds tonight son you know and i think that it's like that's good i always tell people that advice of like what advice can you give me hate yourself sometimes hate the instrument sometimes put it down Say you're no good. Say you hate it. Say it it kills you. Cry about it. Why? Because that's going to fuel your energy and to be like, you know what? No, I am good. I am going to learn this. I am like if I were to just listen to everyone around me, Mm -hmm. I'd have one record 
that no one listens to. Now I've got 30 that no one listens to. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like uh, if I had listened to all these people around me who were like, man, you put out way too much stuff. It's like, okay, well, then I wouldn't have got the attention that I'm getting, obviously. Yeah. Because I know so many bands who have one record, and, and then they're like, why is no one listening to it? It's because you're not paying to advertise it in a digital world where you're a walking advertisement. Yeah. You know, like, it, you have to be paying Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I don't I don't know about Twitter, but... Facebook will not show your shit. I've been learning this personally firsthand. Right. I just started uh, paying... Uh, I just started paying Facebook to push my things because, like, the first couple, right, they got out there. Right. And you can see, where uh, you know, like, engagement or, like, yeah. how many times people have viewed, like, little things that you pushed, right? Mm. And it slowly, slowly declined down to like five fucking people like my uh, closest friends are the only ones seeing this yeah. shit or the people I'm actually tagging it in are the only ones seeing the stuff that I'm pushing until I paid Facebook to fucking uh, I just gave them 10 bucks for the week for the last one that I pushed Absolutely. all of a sudden hundreds of people have seen it and people are engaging in it and it's just like they want their goddamn money and you need to give it to them if you want to be successful well, you really do oh like my just God. give them their fucking money and they will, they will, they will market your shit for you it's amazing Right. And, and people have this big gripe about it. Like there's this whole, and not to get too political here, but there's this whole like, oh, it's my freedom of speech. It's like, but it's not, it's a corporation that you yeah. signed up for. You hit agree and they could do whatever the fuck they want with your shit. It's a video game. It's a, exactly. So it's, it's a video like, game where we all bitch at each other. Yeah. And then people complain about, well, why is no one seeing my shit? It's like, because you're not paying for it. Oh, well, that's yeah. fucked up that I have to pay for it. How is do it? you think it was before Facebook? Yeah. You had to pay a marketing agency to get your shit on billboards. You got to go pay a bunch of kids to fucking run around with flyers yeah. and put them on cars <laughs> yes. and concerts and shit like that. And then you yourself also go out and flyer and right. put your fucking flyers on cars right. at concerts and shit. I was like, how else are you getting your fucking shit? Up? We used to uh, we used to land in a town. Uh, and then um, just fucking start hitting bars. Like, we were just like, uh, you know, we'll, I'll walk this way, and you fucking walk that way. We'll just, like, hit, go, like, one or two miles down, and we're just going to fucking hit every parking lot, every single thing, yeah. you know, because nobody knows us in this fucking town. We're just the third fucking band on this tour. So it's like, you got to hustle, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get that fucking, you got to hustle. You got to hustle, baby. You got to get it in. Yeah, and uh, but it would work. You know, we would get people there to see us, and they would be there. They're like, oh, those are the fucking guys that, that were harassing us on the streets, you know, 30 right. minutes ago. It's, yeah. it's amazing, right? Like, it's, it's funny how um, novel that is, but people, like, it, people love shit like that, you know? Well, people remember shit like that when you yeah. have the tenacity to say, like, hey, look, we're the fucking band. Come see us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, once again, we've... we've I can't really attribute it to, like, 90s culture or whatever. Like, I'm not Generation X, so I really don't know what happened around then. But I, I can kind of tell from the just the output and kind of, like, some of my friends who are in that older generation that it's, like, that was the age of, like, it's not cool to give a fuck. It's not yeah. cool to be smart. Yeah. It's not cool to, like, be into politics. It's not cool to be into education. Fuck everything. Nihilism. You know what I mean? Like, everything. You know, and so... Then comes my generation, which I like to say is Generation Y, or you could say Millennial if you want to be a dick about it. Um, <laughs> and we had the, yeah, everything sucks, but I want something fucking more, man. Like, I, I'd like a better future. I'd like some opportunities. Like, not everything is just darkness. And dude, if I were to think that way, I'd be in my house depressed. I would yep. never get anything done. So I have to force myself sometimes to get out of bed and go, you know what? The sun is out. Let me let me get some sunshine in or else ones or like if something happens politically or a world disaster or 
a fucking global pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, if you were to let it get to you, if I were to let it get to me, mm-hmm. I would just be bedridden. You know what I mean? I'm that type of personality where, like, I have to shake myself up. I have to get myself out of it, and I have to go, you know what? No, I'm smarter than that. I'm stronger than that, and I want happiness. You yeah. know, they say, why don't people have, why don't humans have happiness? Because we're always searching for it, and we don't just have it. It's not a real thing. Right. Uh, my dad and I always look at each other at the same fucking way. Anytime anybody brings up happiness or being happy, because we both agree, happiness ain't a fucking, it's a, it's a silver ring you can't grasp. Right. You can't, you, you. There are moments of happiness, but the second you fucking realize it, right, you, you, your brain gets in the way. It's the veil. Right? Yeah, yeah. you got to, um, yeah, yeah, happiness is one of those beautiful things. I, I like to call it a side effect of uh, a peaceful mind. Mm-hmm. The second you found your, your peace and you're just like content with the moment, there's nothing, you're not like, oh, it's too cold in here or I'm fucking thirsty or I wish this, I was home, you know, like everybody, that's like, that's a constant one. Why the fuck am I not home right now? Rerun again. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you're not doing any of that shit and you're just like in the moment, as they say, uh, yeah, you, you find you're like, oh, I'm fucking happy. Right. And it's, but you can't, you can't go out and just make happiness. You right. can't, you can't fucking, you can't grow it. You can't fucking build it. You can't fucking arrange it. It just is, um, it's like a side effect. I mean, if you have fifty nine ninety five, you could buy it in Las Vegas, but it's temporary. <laughs> yeah. It's very temporary. Very temporary. Uh, yeah. And, um, even, yeah, even things like fucking, uh, doing drugs, man, you know, the, the, um, euphoria that comes with that drug abuse, uh, is that really happiness? Well, right. I think that we've arrived to the drug segment of this podcast because <laughs> I feel exactly the same way, man. I think that it's, uh, you know, after a certain point point in time, like I've dabbled in a lot of extracurricular activity. So um, after a while, it's just like, why am I doing this? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like cigarettes when I was young, you know, like cigarettes, you started smoking because people were in, the, were in the boys room, and, you know, during the middle of class and that, that rebel kid with the cutoff fucking denim jackets like, yeah, bro, you want to smoke and you smoke and you're like, wow, this is what the cool kids do. Oh, fucking Elvis smoke. Dope. Oh, Sinatra smoked. I want to smoke. You know what I mean? That's why everyone smokes. You don't, don't tell me that you had some predisposition. Now, fuck you. You saw James Dean do it so you're like I want to do it too alright every cool person in the movies right, right? up until like the 2000s right. it was like fucking every fucking yep. bad dude in the movies or even the good yep. guys they were all smoking fucking cigarettes yep. and they were they were making them smoke cigarettes like right. you're not writing in your fucking script and he's smoking cigarettes it right. was like fucking Marlboro showing up going oh, I'll give you a million right, fucking dollars exactly. if you put my fucking cigarettes like everybody gets a pack on the set alright Marlboro's coming in everybody gets a pack they're gonna be menthols but just smoke them anyway it's that's gonna right. be alright that two Two camera shots. The fucking the pack's got it. You got to be able to read the whole fucking slogan. Right. Um, but no. But like cigarettes. You know, when I was a kid, after a while, I just was like, oh, this makes me fucking feel like shit. This yeah. makes me feel like shit. I smell like shit. I'm never happy unless I'm fucking smoking fucking six packs a day. Yeah. So at a certain point in time, I'm just like, you know what? I'm stopping this. Now I I really just stopped buying them and started bumming them off friends. But that weaned me into stopping it completely and that's what happened with drinking eventually that's what happened with weed smoking eventually is that you know like once again still every once in a while we'll dabble in some extracurriculars but um with drinking it was like i'd get drunk and then i'd make really really shit decisions oh yeah that's what it's there for that's what it's there for and then i'd wake up the next day and i'd feel terrible about myself and i'd go 
wow, why am I doing this? I love sleep. I hate feeling like shit. I hate puking. Mm -hmm. So why am I even doing this anymore? You now, know. if I have a drink, I get a fucking headache. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I heard, um, what was it? That, um, yeah, the hangover is actually your body already going through withdrawals. You Just from drinking once, you're already addicted to that substance and your body is going through withdrawals. That's why when you have the hair of the dog, it fucking push you right back because right. it's not Makes that you, it's not that you feel like shit because your body feels like shit it's that you're you're th those are withdrawal symptoms Ugh. and um like fucking, immediately poison, that's how addictive alcohol is right now i had a big problem with it i haven't had a fucking sip in in, in nine years i'm real proud of that uh you know it's uh it was one is a great decision i made in my life because again it was just like the cigarettes right it's um uh, you you think that if uh, what was it it was more like if I wasn't drinking, right, am I really having as good of a time as I possibly could be having right now? Right. It was kind of my mindset. It was always like, well, I could have a beer in my hand, right? Things would be things would be a, this much better if I was also drinking right now. It was a, I, that's a weird fucking demon that was in my head for a long fucking time. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's just a lie I kept telling myself. You well, know? socially it's a demon too, because you look, you go to a show like, you know, two, two people who have been in the music industry for a while, you go to a show and everyone's drinking and you're the only one standing around without yeah. a, a beer and people are like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, I'm good. I just don't want to drink right now. I'm good. And it's, it's such a socially awkward kind of experiment when mm -hmm. you realize like, you know, I've been in those situations where you, you have, um, you're not drinking and then you see everyone's just degradation through the night because oh, yeah. of it and you realize like it's a poison just as much as too much sugar is poison like i'm not Absolutely. one of these crazy people who are like and uh, crazy is a light word i use um i'm not one of these people who, who are like oh man poison oh don't do that oh your body's a temple no you do whatever the hell you want to oh, do yeah. this what's, is, the, what's your liver for this is planet earth baby like do what you want man <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like as long as you're not breaking the couple rules of the universe like do what you want. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you feel good. But for me, personally, it's fucking poison. Yeah. For me, it just destroys your brain. It turns you into a bumbling fucking idiot. And it's like, once again, this is just personal experience. I'm not saying that's what it does to you. That's what it does to me. Um, and after a certain point in time, just like mushrooms, just like yeah. acid, just yeah. like dabbing, just like anything, cocaine, any, put any substance, M&Ms, Captain fucking Crunch. I don't care what your coffee. poison is. Coffee. Right. No one um, wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that. Starbucks doesn't want to hear that. I'm constantly dealing with my current addiction, which is a caffeine addiction. Right. Um, and, and I'll smoke a little bit of weed, but I can honestly... I can I can take or leave it at right. this point because it's not really that physically addicting and I don't do what I used to do which is I was full on fucking Jim Brewer pothead right right because it was that same fucking demon who was like wow we quit the we quit the fucking uh, alcohol and the cigarettes and we the powders bro. and there you know he's like but you know life could be better if you're high all the time right and I fucking listened to him again and I was walking around just burning joints all the time. I would I was uh constantly just like um especially like uh you know in the fucking rock and roll days uh, just I would get as high as I could possibly get till I forget I was smoking weed. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like what am I even fucking doing? Oh yeah, I was smoking weed in my car. <laughs> right. And you're like, cool, perfect. Yeah. Go back to you're work. You're not even getting high at that point. You're just yeah. getting normal. Yeah. It's normalcy. It's like, and and that's kind of what a friend brought up to me one day. He's like, man, you're not even like high. You're just normal. Like you're a dick when you're not high. Yeah. And then when you're high, you're just like, hmm, cool. I'm alive. So, 
Exactly. What the hell are you doing to your mind? You know what I mean? You're self-medicating your mind. And I, once again, not to advocate for any type of, you know, anti this, anti that, but it's just, once again, from a personal perspective, I'm trying it more so and later in life to find those things that make you happy or that, mm. that, that single serving happiness in things like, you know, things that aren't, um, a degradation to your body. You know what I mean? Like cooking at home. Oh man, that gives me so much peace. You yeah. know what I mean? Just cooking yeah. at home. Like instead of going to fucking Applebee's and buying a shitty burger and fries, man, uh, just yeah. go home and make yourself a nice dish. And it's, it, it's better for you. It feels better. It's therapeutic. And like that to me, when I was younger and I started smoking or I started drinking or I started doing mushrooms or whatever, um, it's because you want to achieve that. Yeah. Like, I want that happiness right now. Things would be so much better if I just was X. Yeah. But now I'm getting that feeling by doing little things like, oh, man, cleaning my house. Oh, man, doing some laundry. You know what I mean? Like little things like that that I despise, hate laundry. Yeah. If I could, I would just buy new clothes every day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I probably wouldn't. I'd wear a potato sack for the rest of my life. But right. um, it, it, little things like that where you can you can obtain that positive energy through things that aren't psychologically manipulating you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, once again, why do you do these things? Because you want to feel some way. Yeah. A lot of people like take the runner's high. A lot of people just naturally can feel that way by doing the things their body can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead okay. of like, I'm going to shove pizza in my face and just, Oh, that's what makes me happy. Like, no, that's what's going to kill you. Yeah. You know, right? food's one of the worst drugs out there, especially right. in America. It's a fucking epidemic. Like right. uh, the, the the people's diets are are atrocious uh, and yeah. uh, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it at all. Uh, and, uh, and they just wonder why they're fucking uh, they're uh, They feel like shit all the time. You know, their their blood's just full of fucking fat and they uh, you know, they, they their heart's not working properly. Right. And uh, and it's just it's a shit way to live if you just keep putting garbage into your body because for a moment it tastes good. Um, it's the same thing as the cigarettes. It's the same fucking thing as the cigarettes because all you're doing is constantly like this, uh, you know, like this fucking the taste is fucking your addiction. Right. And um, it ruins your happiness. It ruins your body because you can't. Um, once again, find your happiness without the food. Right. Uh, and it's these things, um, which, you know, um, it, ultimately I always end up talking about, um, Buddhism and shit, like with, uh, aversion and desire. They talk about a lot where, um, you're trying to either a have an aversion towards negative feelings or B have a desire towards positive feelings. And either of those things, um, is, is, an illusion it's a falsity right you if you if you start going towards desire to feel better you're going to feel worse and if you start pushing away from like anything that makes you feel negative or you try to run away from negative feelings right um numb yourself out with alcohol so you just don't feel anything anymore right that also doesn't work right it's, it, you're not achieving happiness you're you're missing the point and the point is balance and the point is like um finding finding harmony and just being in the moment with a glass of water and you need nothing else you don't need music on you don't need the fucking tv on you don't need anything just be and um 
and for me, uh, you know, I, I, I truly enjoy my, um, my daily meditations that I like to do, uh, where you just are right. And you, you find breathing exercises and, uh, and you realize that all this bullshit is just a trick you're playing. You know, you're, you're constantly chasing that fucking, that gold ring that's always out of reach. Right. And, and all you have to do is sit down and it'll land right in your fucking lap. No, totally. I, it's, you know, it's something that we're always chasing and we play these games with ourselves, you know, I mean, and, and rightfully so for some people, like some people need that to, to, uh, focus. Some people need that for the, for the drive. You know what I mean? Someone needs to poke themselves in the back with that yeah. knife to go, okay, all right, get to work. Right. But it, it is that like game we kind of play. It's that cat and mouse game that we've created as far as you know, I guess you could say society or humanity or whatever, but it things life just is. Think about nature; it just mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it has a formula to it. It has a, a I dare you could say clockwork like mechanism to it. But who's to say that someone is pulling those strings? Who's to say someone's not pulling those strings? Things just are. Yeah, life just is. Happiness, sadness, love, hate. They're just kind of paths in the road. Yeah. You know, whether you're left or whether you're right, you go far enough, you're going to just meet be, meet back at each other. You know what I mean? Things are cyclical. Yeah. The pendulum's got to swing. You know what I mean? The stagnancy that I think people desire is um, complacency. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we, we both have to work together in order for a country, um, a, a society, an earth, a, a race, a humanity— it takes two to tango. You know what I mean? It's like we all need to kind of step back and breathe. And like you said, yeah, it's just, it'll fall in your lap if you just um, if you just kind of let yourself look at things from a bigger perspective. Uh, the advice I've always gotten from every single signed artist I've ever gotten in my life, every uh, every the all the advice I've ever gotten from those people is just stop worrying about it. Yeah, dude, just stop worrying about it, man. And I'm like, well, I'm not worried about it. I'm just asking, like, what can I do to just stop worrying about it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, so that's the advice you're going to give me. How do I get a record deal? Just stop worrying about getting a record deal? Yeah, that's what you do. And then as soon as you stop worrying about it, boom, it happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, shit, wow, I've been working real, real hard to try to get someone to pay attention to me. And no one has. And finally, when I'm like, and not no one has, I mean, like, as far as industry perspective, and then now, finally, when you're just like, you know what? I'm going to just drop it. I'm just going to not worry about that stuff. Then it's like, knock, knock, knock. Oh, fuck. That's it. But now, oh, isn't this what you wanted? Yeah. Didn't you want this? You yeah. have to take it right now. Yeah. Or no? Okay, bye. That's it. That's it. So you have to make the decision. You have to jump with it. And you have to say, oh, okay, well, the train is leaving the station. So am I going to get off the train or am I going to keep going? Um, and that is that is just like a... a an example of life you can use that in any perspective whether it's music or whether it's just like finding that golden ring of happiness yeah. you know that's like uh love man that's uh when i had given up on love you know like i was just i don't i i decided i don't need that shit no more i'm not gonna even look for love in life or a relationship it's just me and fuck everybody right and i had like and i stopped looking for any any partnership of any kind and uh and i just got smacked in the face so hard 
my fucking AJ up there. She just blew my goddamn mind. That's how and, it happens, man. And I became just like literally, you know, infatuated with her uh, uh, when, when she came into my life. And uh, I don't know how that happened because I was definitely determined to not be infatuated with anybody. Right. But it was that whole thing when, when I had, it didn't matter anymore and I truly had let it go. It fucking landed right in my lap. And uh, the universe is funny that way. It is. Life is a tragic comedy, because yeah. at the end of at the end of it all, it's it it's gonna end tragically. We all die. Yeah. Right. That's tragic to some people. Right. But the funny side of that, the joke to all that, is that you get to have a fucking blast until that happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think most people kind of, they they push that aside to say, ah, oh, no, I gotta clock in at nine, and I'm off at five, and then I can worry about that shit. But it's like, no, it always stays with you, and you bring up love, and that is such a great example, because it's taken me a very long time uh, also, once again, going back to that shit statement, um, <laughs> that love is, it's, it's like a it's like a garden, man. You got to dig it. You, you know, do. it's like, it's, it's something that you have to tend to every day. It's not just sh sunshine and rainbows. Some days yeah. you're going to wake up and look at that person and go, Oh, not today. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but still love, the point of love is that you work on it and you tend it and you fuel it. And you want, you like, once again, you, you let yourself go and you're like, you know what? I don't need that drama. I don't really need that shit in my life. And then it smacks you in the face even harder. Yeah. It's like because you were willing and able to kind of sacrifice your inhibitions, you know what I mean? You're you're willing to drop it all and say, I'm ready to look from an outside perspective. And then there you go. Then the woman of your dreams walks in your life because you've <laughs> made the room for her too. Yeah. you know what I mean? And it's a it is a alien concept for modern day society like we just think like love just is you just love somebody man it's like mm, no it's it's work every single day it is work it is work you gotta you gotta put into that relationship you know you can't just um like you said you can't the, 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 the whole loves the garden is a great metaphor for that you can't just leave a flower in the corner and expect it to fucking bloom without watering it every day right and you can't do that with uh with your partner either you know you have to um check in with them every day Look them right in the fucking eyes and say, I fucking love you, man. Right. Or not. Or say, you fucking motherfucker, you. <laughs> you, you snored all night. <laughs> I couldn't get any sleep. You're getting a motherfucking nose guard. I don't care. I'll pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, I do know what you mean. That's another one, man, is uh, sometimes you have to be truthful with your partner You're very truthful even if it hurts you know it's yeah. like uh this is just I, it is affecting right. me and i need you to know that <laughs> i need it's you to do something about i'm usually it. on the receiving end of that yeah. like it's usually uh you're fucking psycho and you need to tone it down that's usually the the conversation that happens that but. never that doesn't sound familiar to me at all <laughs> right. i've never heard that one yeah men across the country are like well, that's i don't know i yeah. don't know about that <laughs> yeah man that's a big one too man is the anger uh that's one of my hardest ones to deal with uh in life is is my anger problems and uh, uh of course you know when you're going through life mindful and you get your morning meditation in and uh and you got you worked out and you're like your hormones are balanced you know it's pretty easy it's 
pretty easy to cruise through the day. Right. Not lose your shit. When you get out of fucking bed and you're late and you got to go, you got an appointment in the fucking morning, you're just going to drink a coffee, you ain't even fucking going to eat breakfast, let alone work out and meditate, read a fucking book for a second. You're just out the door, you know, and you're fucking scrambled. You don't even know if you're awake or if this is still a dream anymore. And you know, this asshole's in the fucking way of you and you're trying to fucking get somewhere. And Everyone's out to get you. And yeah. now all of a sudden, yeah, your perspective is fucked. And you start diving into that whole narrative of the world's against me and this motherfucker is in my way. And it, which is not the case. Right. Right. It's, that's never the case. But your perspective gets all fucking skewed and the illusion you're creating in your head becomes this um, paranoid reality, you know, this negativity. And then the rage starts building. And, uh, and uh, that's where you know, mindfulness practices that I try to work on every day, right? Come in where you, if you, if you catch it, you know, and you can observe the rage before it engulfs you, you can go, ah, look at that. I'm right. not being mindful right now. Look what's coming out of the fucking darkness. That goddamn bastard. Oh man. And you go, and, and instead of letting it consume you like warm water because once that rage monster wants to fucking come out and start talking it feels great right like that in and of itself almost is a a drug and addiction I, I bet it even blasts dopamine in your brain when it happens oh absolutely it's a purge you're like yeah. you get to just kind of just let it fly let it let it all come out of you because i i'm that way too like with my anger and stuff like i have to just back away yeah. I have to just like shut down and just and not kind of communicate because I I'm a Pisces and we'll shoot razor daggers at you, dude. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And it's like I know that side of myself and I know that that's most of the time it's why I got to step back and I got to like reevaluate what I want to say. Too many times in my life mm -hmm. I have had a situation happen and then look back at it and go, man, I really could have just de-escalated that immediately. But instead, I wanted to be Mr. Fucking Macho, and yep. I wanted to say, I'm right. Even though, was I right? Come on. You no. know what I mean? Was anyone right? Maybe no one was right. But still, I still had to be a dick about it. Like, Is it worth was being it worth right? It? right? Was Is it, it worth, worth yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I, and I've looked back at those situations and been like, man, I see now. I could have literally said four words, and it just been... Good. Everything. You walk away happy. I walk away happy. Yeah. But instead, I said like seventeen shit words, <laughs> and it hurts. You know what I mean? So I and that I've learned that with love as well in a relationship, like especially especially with the weird kind of gender roles we play. Yeah. Men play them. Women play them. Um, and even though that we live in a society now where hey, mom's got a job too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. Um, it's we still play these weird gender roles where I have to like, be like, Oh wow, I'm being a fucking dick right now. Like yeah. I'm being a, I'm being a total dude, bro. Right now. I got to like step back and go, she's a human being, man. Yeah. She, don't talk to her that way. Don't fucking treat her like she's lesser than you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not that way. Like, I don't believe in that, those things. I don't believe in the macho 1950s fucking shit mentality. But sometimes, it, dude, it's indoctrinated in me. I've got testosterone. I'm a man. So sometimes I'm a little hot-headed. Yeah, it takes over. got to step back and go, oh, man, how do I want to be treated? Yeah. Maybe I should treat this person that way, you know? And then fucking apologize, like, right away. Right. Yeah. And that's a huge thing, admitting that you're wrong um, to people. It's a big trust thing for a lot of people. Right. Um, is when you can 
say I fuck up, you know, like I'm human. I make mistakes and I am regretful of my actions. And that means a lot to people. And, uh, when you don't say that to someone after being a fucking piece of shit to them, uh, that hurts a lot. And, uh, and it fucks that relationship up, you know? Uh, and, uh, I just think people, you know, it, it's not, it, t- it costs nothing to apologize, but it means everything to the person that you hurt. Uh, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people have a really hard problem, uh, admitting they've ever done anything wrong. Yeah. People right. don't like to be told, like, I, I like to use the word idiot and moron all the time. Like, it's like, it's like the, the old English British sense of the word where it's like, I don't mean, yeah, I don't mean to degrade you, but you, you do, know? but that is what you mean to do. Right. But, and, and that's what any I mean. name. Like, right, when any I call name. anybody a name in the middle of a conversation, I fucking, I, I see it leaving my mouth and, like, and no! I go, oh, you just <laughs> fucking call them a name right. yeah and it's immediately like you, you lost you lost the conversation you you're, lost you're acting like an idiot you're right, are you, right? you're acting like a, right. a, you know a child and uh and it's like no you're not discussing anything anymore you're you're berating a person right you're 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 finger wagging and you're just trying to to reaffirm that they are wrong and you are right right absolutely and that shit sucks and uh and i hate when i call someone a name dude totally and and one what i was gonna say too is like i like using those words to describe myself yeah and people are like why do you degrade yourself so much And it's like no because i'm using the connotation that i don't know this thing yeah i'm a moron on this subject i don't know you know what i mean like And if I were to say, oh, that guy's a moron, people, like, I think are taking it so seriously. And, like, once again, people don't want to yeah. be told they're wrong. People don't want to be told, like, dude, you 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 don't know. You really don't know what you're talking about. How else can you describe that besides calling someone an idiot or calling them a moron or whatever? Yeah. And once again, when I say it from my own perspective, like, ah, oh, man, I'm an idiot. I'm a moron. All I know is I don't know nothing. Yeah. That's because I am not afraid to be wrong. I'm not afraid for you to tell me, dude, you're being a fucking idiot right now. No, that's not right. You know what I mean? And I don't get offended. I'm not, I, maybe I would in a heated s- situation. Of course, who wouldn't? But you you see what I'm trying to say is yeah. like we have to kind of let our guard down a little bit and go, you know what? Yeah, maybe when I'm talking about the things I'm talking about, maybe it is a little moronic. Yeah. Maybe it is a little idiotic to say like, I know all of the answers. That's definitely. Um... Who knows any of the answers? <laughs> I've, I, uh, one of my, uh, first mantras when I started, uh, really focusing on mindfulness and meditation, uh, and trying to understand reality again after, um, you know, a breakdown I had, uh, a few years back, uh, was I know nothing and I I am nothing. And, uh, it, it just refers to the fact that no matter how much information I can fucking gather, uh, someone can always gather an equally large pile of information to the latter and, and argue their point just as well as I can argue my point about it damn near anything. And right. so do I really know anything in this world? And is it really worth pretending like I do, right? Like, uh, like, like I have all the answers because that's a fucking pit you can fall into, right? And then you're just walking around going, uh, everyone's going to fucking find out that I don't know something, right? Oh, I, in, I the wor- in right the wonderful world of the internet, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like, um, instead of just going, um, well, I've collected information because I exist in the world full of it and I have an opinion of something. Right. 
Do I know if it's true or not? No, but that's my fucking opinion on it. I know that much. But I also don't um, tell myself that it's the one and only truth, right? This is how reality is because I don't know how reality is, right? right? Uh, It's it's, uh, something that I'm creating as we go through all these uh, perceptions that I have, you know, sight, taste, sound, touch, uh, that all gets converted into this illusion that I put in my brain and I go, this is a real world, right? But like, what the fuck do I know? What do I really know? You know, um, uh, and, and that ultimately comes down to nothing. I, I don't, you know, uh, and so I, you, you can't win any arguments when you don't know anything and you stop trying to win arguments. That's a very good point. When exactly. you don't know anything. Right. I'll, I have an opinion. Here it is. No, you're right. End of the conversation. Right. Yeah, dude. The the moon is Swiss cheese. Cool, dude. Whatever. Cool. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know that it's not. I could probably deduce from scientific information that the moon is not Swiss cheese. Yeah. It's probably more like a provolone or something. But <laughs> but that's what's weird about the internet is there's all these confirmation biases. You know, there's so many it's things that just say, "Hey, man, I believe this," and you go, "Well, no, dude. I have this says no. Yeah, it doesn't." But it, once again, where are we finding this information? What what did Tucker Ta- Carlson have to say about it? I don't know. Like it, it where what does, does the it information matter? come? Right, from. exactly. And that's a big deal. Like that's a that's the the biggest deal for me, right? Where did that fucking come from? Oh, someone just said it and wrote it down and then posted it on the internet. Cool, right? Fucking cool. Instagram man. story. Okay, cool. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Yeah, and um, and we and we we live in a society now where literally people's entire illusion, the thing that they live in is um, created by all these lies people are telling each other and they just believe it as the ultimate truth right the one and only you know uh, and uh, and once you get wrapped up in that kind of um, thinking that there is some kind of real truth uh, out there that fucking that's where people start getting into those big fights because now they're determined <laughs> that they're right, right about something it doesn't matter what it is you know um, and and they're gonna fight about it. They're gonna fight for it. They're gonna. They might even kill you over it. You know. And it's like uh, all because of confirmation bias. I like to keep my tab open. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Like like let's let's take religion for example. When I was growing up, I grew up in New York, very religious. Not me myself. I'm saying New York is very religious. Everyone goes to church on Sunday. Everyone's got that. You know. Everyone's got that niece's communion they've got to go to. Um, and growing up, I was just a shithead. I was like, oh, I'm, no, that's not me. I'm yeah. not, you know, drawing pentagrams in my Bible and Sunday school and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I was that kid. I was totally and, that kid. Um, and so I never bought into that whole ideology, right? But then when you grow up and you realize, like, well, should I be so one-sided? Like, I don't know. Is there a God? I don't know. Yeah. Is there a God? I don't know. I believe in the universe. Mm-hmm. I believe in uh, species and planets and gaseous cosmic clouds of energy, right? Yeah. I believe that man interpreted that as God. But can you then say it's a it's an omnipotent being that shoots lightning bolts down in you? Yeah, probably not. But yeah. why am I going to say you're wrong for believing that? Yeah. Because my tab's still open. You know, I don't really know, honestly, what is out there. I know there has to be something. Yeah. That could just be energy. 
You know what I mean? Like, well, technically it is, right? right? But uh, it's just energy being converted into mass, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, like the 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 God complex. I always uh, I love that. I I have recently found God per se, uh, only to say that um, in a uh, a very deep LSD trip recently, the concept occurred to me that maybe the world is looking out for me and we can just pretend it'll just be our little secret, me and my, my ego. We'll just pretend that it's God as they call it. And the second I, um, I agreed to that, right? Because as we're discussing, I know nothing. And so I'm open to all concepts and all interpretations of concepts. The second I put that out there, that my imaginary friend has got my back and he, and it's literally all things, the universe, and it's looking out for me and it loves me. And, um, I'm still overwhelmed with joy by that. Just the thought. Right. And now I'm not saying that there is or isn't a God. Um, I'm saying that the, the thought that there is one uh, and just playing with that in your imagination uh, feels fucking amazing. Uh, and maybe that is God. And, you know what I mean? Maybe that, yeah. maybe that is the religious sense of spirituality, you know, and when we're, when we're trying to interpret these weird feelings that we, we get, I mean, like we're, what makes humanity different from any other species well it is our capability to um, communicate on a level that involves uh, complex structures yeah right we've created societies ants create societies but it's not like the same society you know what I mean we can't compare ants to humans yeah, our stuff is bigger our stuff is bigger our stuff takes a little, <laughs> just a tiny bit more plaster just a tiny bit more rubber um, but you know we we have these these weird interpretations of what is life yeah. and what is afterlife? What, what makes me go? What is the energy that fuels my, I am water and electricity inside of a meat bag, just yeah. moving around. Like, so we have to interpret it into some sense, into some theology of there's someone or something looking out for us. And if it, it makes a person feel better or it makes them overjoyed or it, it makes them pursue their dream is that not the concept of god which is creation yeah. which is someone who has created something right are we not all gods can we all not create yeah. so it's this weird kind of chicken or the egg theory it's both yeah there's always been both right. and i always um when it comes down to like um my true, like what I truly believe, um, on a, on a, on a scale where I can't just say there's a magical, I, you know, in the sky, I can't prove that. Right. But, um, Jerry Garcia, man. Right. But, um, it seems as if we're all playing the same game with each other. And, um, I don't know this concept of, um, if this is real, um, if this, if there is an afterlife, is this, the afterlife does it just flip you know uh it, it does it do we ever really die are we really alive right now or does it reality just do one of those uh every time 
the body you're in ceases to be, right? It just turns back to the earth and you just are, now you're dealing with some other version of reality as your consciousness just dissipate, right? Um, and when you're flipping the table like that, uh, you know, going on your consciousness continuing, um, it makes me feel like this right here is the same thing as what happens after you die. There's no better place or worse place to be. We're not going anywhere, right? It's just gonna, you die and you pop out of vagina. Right, and now the concept, now the, now the question that remains is whether or not consciousness carries over then. Because yeah. to me, I'd like to believe that consciousness, what we perceive as consciousness, is actually just kind of like an imprint on your DNA, your, your cosmic DNA, right? So if you talk about reincarnation, what about um, when an animal dies and it goes back into the earth and then the worms eat that animal? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm saying, like, reincarnation is not really a crazy concept to inhabit your mind when yeah. you're thinking about, like, okay, well, I can just become mulch. And then my mulch grows a flower, yeah. right? That, isn't that, that not is reincarnation? That literally. is literally reincarnation. So now we talk about the consciousness. The life of a flower is blessed life. Absolutely. And we talk about now the, the, the adapting of consciousness over into other lives. Once again, I think it's the, it's the theory that it goes, goes back into the theory of we are one. We are yeah. all one, right? So my thoughts and your thoughts, just because they differ on these weird trivial levels, they're the same thoughts, yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether you're this way or that way or whether you're up or whether you're down, whether you're black or white or red or blue or whatever weird kind of category you want to put yourself in. Like we all share the same we all share the same uh, wants and needs, which is sustenance and life. Yeah. And, and that that golden ring of happiness, the silver lining in the sky, you know, we can't really determine what happens afterwards. But we can kind of hope that my soul will carry on in some fashion, whether it's in a plant or whether it's on a, in another galaxy or another dimension or whatever. It's recycled. Yeah. What I have inside of me is not mine. It's ours. It's the Earth's. Yeah. We and are all the same are, thing. Exactly. And a the, lot of uh, like quantum physics is getting into the um, concept of um, we are receiving energy. We are like a radio transmitter uh, and that um, extra dimensional energy is controlling this flesh body. And, um, and so when the flesh body dies, the energy does not die. And they refer to that like trying to, um, trying to figure out consciousness by dissecting the physical brain is like trying to figure out a radio show by dissecting the radio. Right. You're like, oh, how did they make that radio show? Well, it's got to be these transistors and resistors in here. Right. And it's like, no, it's coming from this other place. And we're all just kind of playing this fucking game for the time being. And, um, you know, um, like Christians like to say this is a test. Right. And it's everything after this that's important. A lot of like the entire Western philosophy of, of religion. Right. It's like this is this isn't. 
this place sucks is what they're fucking t- telling you, which I disagree with. I personally think right. it's fucking awesome here. Um, it's paradise. Yeah, right. it is. And, um, and even like, um, yeah, like the, the Taoism and the Buddhism say, um, this is a lesson you're learning and you're going to just keep learning these lessons in this shitty place. And it's like, because this place is full of suffering and the goal is to learn to not suffer and um or maybe say deal with the suffering appropriately um don't don't have aversion to your suffering and don't desire not to suffer just know that suffering is um and uh i think it's a i think that's a way of i don't know putting down the fucking planet i think this place that we're in right now um if if everything that you perceive as a hallucination in your brain based on the sensory perception that is hooked up to your brain. Uh, and your world is just your own perception of good or bad, right? Like, like the instance of, um, you know, we were talking about anger building up and everything's in your fucking way and the world is against you, right? That is hell in a sense. And letting go of all that makes this reality heaven almost. And you get this opportunity to live in heaven right now. And you, you decide to wait instead. Heaven's the other thing that I, I, that's coming later. Heaven is something that you have to it's, achieve. It's somehow. on its way. Right. Right. It's, it, it'll be here eventually. It's the destination, not the journey. Yeah. And it's like... I disagree. Right. I think this right now is beautiful. This dance we're doing. Uh, and I think, uh, honestly, I think that's what we're supposed to figure out, you know, that we're here to dance and we're here to fucking just play, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're playing a song, right. Uh, it's not, the point isn't to get to the end of the song. The point is to play. And if if the point is to get to the end of the song, you're over that song. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's oh, yeah. your that's your creep by Radiohead. You know, like oh, you're just God. like oh, I'm done playing this. But so many people bought the ticket to hear that song, my friend. They you know play what it. I mean? So you gotta play it every once in a blue. It sucks, but once again, like we go back to saying, tragic comedy. We're yeah. all gonna meet our untimely demise. But the beauty about that is that we have the opportunity to seize the moment now, mm-hmm. to live in this proverbial paradise. Yeah. You know, because yes, there is suffering. Suffering just is. But if suffering just is, then happiness just is, then love just is, fear just is, hate just is. They're all the same emotion. Yeah. It's the same exact emotion. It's just interpreted in a different sense. Yeah, what are you going to pay attention to? Right. Like I feel the same way when I'm in love as I do when I'm in hate or yeah. when I'm, when I'm uh, happy or when I'm sad. It's the same actual physical feeling. Mm-hmm. Your body is just interpreting into, I don't like this right now. Yeah. I love this right now. I hate this right now. I'm scared of this right now. It's, it's once again, like you were saying, it's this dance we do with ourselves where it's all the same. You're, some people say that negates the human condition. Some people say that negates creativity. Like we're not just all the same. We're different. Mm-hmm. We have different things. There's a reason why things are this way and things are that way. Or, um, but I think that going back to Taoism, going back to Buddhism, 
going back to these theologies that don't resolve revolve around some magical deity that's going to grant you wishes. Yeah. Um, it, it goes into saying that like that absolve absolving those constructs that we've created, love, hate, what have you, they're all the same thing. Love is hate. Hate, fear is bravery. It's, it's the mm. same thing. It's how you manifest it. Perception is everything. You can only interpret as far as your perception goes. Yeah. So if we can't interpret these feelings inside of us, then yeah, we're left in this lonely, desolate. Life seems desolate. The, the yeah. planet does seem like hell. It doesn't seem like paradise when you when you're thinking about the destination always, and you're thinking about this. You know what? I whatever. Someone will take care of it at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, it's not like, your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. That's another great point of my personal um, peace of mind, which results in happiness, is discipline. And um, discipline is everything in life. You know, get the fuck up in the morning when it's time to get up and right. go do your routine. Love yourself, um, and, and and be true to your word, kind of thing. Uh, and a lot of people don't want to deal with that shit either. They want, they're just like, I can just fuck off, you know, and, uh, it's someone else's fucking problem. And that is not going to get you anywhere as far as happiness is concerned. You know, you have to put in the time and take care of your body and love yourself regularly every single day. Eat good food, fucking, you know, run around the block. Don't watch TV all fucking day. It's just Taco Bell and American Idol for me, brother. Yeah, exactly. And it's like um, doing these things leads to these moments of great joy, but it's not an it's not a, a hand to mouth joy, right? It's you're just walking the dog, and you couldn't be happier at that moment, yeah, because you've taken care of all your bullshit in life and you did take care of your body you loved your body your body feels good you know and not to you mention ate, your dog is happy as shit yeah you, know? you ate good food all day you right. exercised today you meditated today um right um you, when you're doing these things for yourself regularly and you're and you're regularly telling yourself that you love yourself and that you are happy that you life is good uh, you know you you hypnotize your subconscious into this state of just fucking pure joy and uh and it's all the distractions around you that can that that take it away because like i was saying you know happiness is one of those things that once you're aware that you're happy oh fuck you know now that you're thinking about it it's gone uh and, and so many other things can do that to you as well you know all the addictions and all the emotions um it's a fucking minefield navigating just existence just being alive and dealing with just existing is not an easy thing to do and i think a lot of people are on autopilot and don't realize it and it's just a survival mechanism um and the whole time they are literally in any version of heaven they could possibly fathom and they're just not seeing it they're they're stuck in their own personal hell right yeah. well it's like how many times i go to the kitchen and i'm like ah, i'm hungry and I look in the cupboard, and I'm like, ah, nothing. Look in the fridge, ah, nothing. You know what? I'm just going to go get takeout. Yeah. And then I'm like, ah, but I don't want to go anywhere. Mm, okay. Well, I'll order food. Okay, well, I don't have enough money to order food. Okay, cool. So I'll just make something at home. And you just, yeah. you, you have to, like, 
I could have stopped fighting with myself 20 minutes ago. I could have just made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and ate it and been like, I'm good. Yeah. But no, I sat here and played this game with myself. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to make this convenience me, you know? And it's like, once again, it's these games you play and you stop yourself from, I just need food right now. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a, a hamburger from Whack Arnold's. Like, it just needs to be sustenance to yeah. put in my body and to make me be like, I'm not hungry now. Let me move on with my day. Yeah. And probably... Preferably, it doesn't have fucking meat in it because I'm slowly becoming this vegan douchebag who, you know, you really don't need to fucking eat all that stuff. And it really does hurt a lot of life to just be to engorge yourself on hamburgers and fucking chicken nuggets all day. Um, the, the amount of suffering that causes my brother and I uh, had a great bit about that, which is uh, every time you go to McDonald's, they just make you shoot a cow in the face right? It's totally fair. Kids got to do it too. They want a fucking happy meal that you got to shoot the fucking chicken cow in the face. So. You got to cut the chicken's head off yourself. Right. Watch how many fucking people go, you know what? Mm, good. I'll just have some french fries. Right. <laughs> right, right? Now, hold on. I'm going to wind up for this. I'm going to wind up for a long uh, and roll my eyes only yeah. because I'm with you, dude. Yeah. I, for so long, I fought it and was like, no, fuck that. I'm a meat eater. I'm a fucking carnivore. I need blood. Yeah. I need something that was alive, and I need to eat its fucking heart. Yeah. Right? And then I just started getting really fucking sick every time I was eating red meat. Yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with my diet? I'm eating fine. I'm not eating like shit because I wasn't overindulging. Like, not, dude, a steak every once in a while. Like, yeah, once a month, maybe. Uh, not, uh, like, maybe three burgers a week max. Yeah. We're talking about lunch, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like, I'm not talking overindulgence in meat. I'm just talking like any time I'd eat it, yeah. I'd be like, why is my body feel so fucking terrible? Yeah. I'm not an advocate for stop eating meat, but for myself, I just had to be like, what is fucking me up? Yeah. It's, it's the red meat, dude. Because ever since I stopped eating it, I'm like... <laughs> Just great. Like, and I still eat chicken. I still eat fish. You know what I mean? I still have some bacon on my fucking turkey sandwich. You know what I mean? Yeah. But red meat, dude, it's, it is, the industry is so fucked up, man. It and is. And it's like, it's disgusting on what they're doing to our food. Yeah. Now you're not out there killing that cow or skinning that pig. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what they're doing in these factories, injecting them with all kinds of antibiotics and weird shit. And hormones. Yeah. And it's like, I, Fast and then food. you're eating all those animals. You know what, man? My whole life, In-N-Out Burger. I oh, In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out. Just give me a double-double and I'm in heaven. Right? Yes. And after, you know, once again, I started feeling like shit, eat, not eating red meat, so I stopped for a while. Every once in a while, I'd still have a burger, right? I go to In-N-Out, pandemic style, line fucking just down the block. It's 30 minutes in drive-thru to get a fucking In-N-Out burger. Three, that shit is good. 355 for a burger and I'm sitting in a fucking half hour line, right? So I'm in the line. I'm whatever. I'm waiting. I'm patient. I get my shit. I don't want to eat it in the parking lot. I want to go home and wash my hands up and wash these dirty mitts and enjoy my burger. I do. I get home. I wash up. I sit down. I eat the burger. I take one bite. And all I could taste is Oscar Mayer hot dog. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is not in and out. Yeah. But and then I realized to myself, wow, I haven't eaten a burger in so long that now the taste to me is foreign. Now to me, yeah. it's like, this tastes like a 
fucking hot dog. Yeah. This doesn't taste like a beef patty anymore. This tastes like a, a just a shit dog that they rolled in some plastic <laughs> that you boiled in some dirty water, you know, like. Well, they save 25 cents a fucking burger doing it that way. And that goes in the same person's yeah. pocket every single time they make a burger. And it was just oh, like I, my heart was broken. Body. My heart was broken because I was like in and out. I've always known that flavor. I've always known that taste. But I hadn't had it for a while. So then you're just like, wow, man. This is so disappointing to me. I would rather not eat that. Yeah. Give me a bag of fucking chips over that now because it just wasn't enjoyable. I used to be like, oh, my God, this is heaven. Now I'm like, oh, this is food, question mark? <laughs> you know? So we we often overindulge because of flavor. Yeah. We don't. It's all about flavor. We don't think about the sustenance. I mean, of the it. Roman, the the Roman Empire was destroyed, fucking sailing around the world looking for spices to fucking put on their food. You know, like I mean, like it's it's an obsession with us as is you know, just humans in general. We like flavor. It's like, why are you eating Doritos, right? You're not eating fucking Doritos because you love corn, man, right? right? It's that's it's that fucking powder they put on that shit. That does it's the bomb, right? Right, and it just it hits every little fucking node in your brain at the same time, and it fucking. And your brain just loves that shit. Right? Before you know it, you're just in a sea of Dorito bags. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. And you got a stomachache. Um, right. And like you're just nacho cheese, just bile, just coming out at every end. It, you can't do it. You know, and I've been down those roads of overindulgence where once again, it's about the flavor. It's not about like, man, I'm hungry right now. I need to eat because my body's telling me, wow, you're hungry. No, yeah. I'm like, hmm, that taco looks good right now. Hmm, taco. Dude, put some salsa on it. You know what I, I mean? Love like, tacos. I love tacos. We are advocates for tacos. Yeah, I, I I try to do the first two meals right as discipline, right? And then what dinners, what the fuck ever we want. But uh, a lot of times we still have been going for um, like we had artichokes the other night, right? We try to still try to do like an, a, a vegetable dinner as well, pushing ourselves away from this fucking meat consuming all the fucking hormones and shit and putting that shit in my body and promoting that fucking culture is just bad. And if we all stop doing it, right, like it goes away because they have no one to sell this fucking meat to. If all the fucking hormone packed fucking meat in the grocery stores just sits there and rots over and over and over and over again, they're going to stop killing all these animals and they're going to stop fucking piling them on top of each other on fucking cages. Uh, which is just a good, it's a good thing. That's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Hey, like you brought up, you have to go kill that pig. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to not, I'm going to not eat bacon today. Yeah. You know, I'm good. And I will go kill that fucking pig because I like bacon. Right. <laughs> right. And I'll have bacon, you know, once that week. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't, I don't want to kill the whole, the, you know, the, right. the pig for the bacon in the first place. But, you know, we are uh, an omnivorous species. Right. We've been fucking uh, the the consumption of fat is is supposedly what led to the, the growth of our brain yeah. and all this beautiful stuff like the uh, the neocortex, which is where all of our art and history and mathematics comes from. So it's like, yeah, fucking, you know, there is a good and a bad side of everything. Right. But then there's this extreme side of things where we've gotten through. The humans are really good at pushing things to the extremes as hard as we can. You know what I mean? And uh uh, uh, we get to a certain point where we just have to go. Fuck! This isn't the. This is not the way. Right? This is not working. Um, it's not sustainable. And uh, if we give a shit about anybody else that's going to exist on this planet after we die, uh, we should probably do something about it. 
Yeah. History books in the future are going to be wild, man. Yeah. Like, if we can sustain our literal microwave atmosphere, like, you know, within the next hundred years or thousand years, let's just say, yeah. history books are going to be nuts, dude. They're going to be like, wait, they had factories where they injected headless chickens with what are you and they ate that shit oh yeah colonel dude we eat that shit every fucking week son (laughs) friday night give me that bucket of chicken yeah and they're doing now they have um they're just growing the chicken breast uh naturally you know just through genetics they just grow the chicken breast and they they use uh machines to pump blood into it and stimulate the growth of it and then boom you got fucking chicken meat and nothing has to you know it's Nothing has to die. Yeah, it's weird fucking, you know, who wants to eat that shit, though, right? At the same time. But, How uh, does it taste? Like, it tastes I, just like chicken. It tastes just like Probably chicken? T- yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean... <sighs> I used yeah, to be one of those people like chicken taste. Dude, right? I used to be one of those people. Oh, GMOs, man! Oh, dude, they're just trying to take over our bodies, bro. Just fucking organic, mm-hmm. all this shit, dude. Yeah. All they're just trying to fucking control our body, big yeah. brother. They're dude. efficiently getting out enough chicken to feed the world is what they're doing, right? And that's when I they like, started to realize that many animals alive without all those antibiotics, and they can't get that much pounds of meat out of the animals without pumping full hormones. Right. Uh, it just, it's a function. It works, right? But it's like so fucked. And is it really that bad for you? Uh, yeah, but not not to the extent that people try to promote it, right? Where they're like um, genetically modified fucking, uh, what, what's a good one? Carrots is a good one, right? Carrots, uh, the orange. Carrots, or- broccoli, bananas, fucking corn. Yeah. Well, carrots weren't orange for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. They they were, but there was just a rare uh, rare species of carrot that was orange, and then, like, they fucking had a a, a big fucking... uh, What's the the word for it? They they fucking lost, like, all the crops. And then the only thing that was left was fucking orange carrots, and then they genetically modified them to grow to the size they are now because they don't really grow like that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... But it's still, it's a badass carrot. It's going to survive the winter. It's not going to fucking die on you. We're not going to lose the whole crop, which is sh- things that used to happen, right? Like that, they just fucking, everybody would just die of starvation. Right. And that shit just doesn't happen anymore, right? Like we have food and it's one of the biggest problems. And we, we, it, it, it took until about what, 70 years ago when they started really like freezing food properly and preserving food a lot. And like the, the, the whole, uh, prepackaged meals that they would get in the 50s the oven meals right like all of a sudden it wasn't everybody's fucking starving anymore they figured this this farming method out and they were able to fucking you know blend a couple different genetics to prevent bugs from eating the plants to prevent the plants from dying from frost and uh all of a sudden we can feed the fucking world you know like um if you look at pictures of like the population back in like the the early 1920s say all right uh people were fucking just skin and bones man everyone was skinny as fuck there was no fat people there was no fat people in the fucking 50s right there's no fat fat people in the 60s not like there is now. There's not fucking honey boo boos running around all over the fucking place. You know, everybody was barely getting by, and uh, and that GMO shit fucking solved that problem uh, uh, in a big fucking way. And like growing food that way is fucking hard. It's really hard, and, and it takes a lot of work. And um, there's just no way to 
really produce as much food as we can produce securely to feed everybody like we do. People are still not getting fed. Consistently. Like we have enough food to go around and people are still not getting fed. Well, you know what's disgusting is they make so much food, the genetically modified crops, and they make so much food that they actually throw it away to keep the price of it level right it's just economics they're just like well we only made you know, supply, and demand, supply and demand exactly. right and so they they have a gross of it that they could easily ship to like africa or something like that right and feed village and they just throw they they, they just get rid of it wow and just so that um supply and demand stays you know the, it, so they keep making their fucking money right we've capitalized the food industry we haven't made enough food for yeah. to go around we've made enough to now we can capitalize on literally every aspect of the food market and you know it's it's really apparent when you are a person who works on the go yeah because you look around and you go wow there's really nothing for me to eat unless i'm preparing my own meals i'm stuck at drive-thrus i'm stuck at starbucks i'm stuck at getting something on the go and going and people live their whole lives never having proper nutrition yeah and proper nutrition is everything right it's what you are you know what i am I'm motherfucking oatmeal, raisins, and walnuts, bro. <laughs> I am. I'm made out of that shit. It's what I have every morning religiously. Like, I just, I, every morning, I'm fucking eccentric about it. And uh, and then we usually have a pretty solid lunch. And like I've said, I, I think I said this before, but like, um, but that's what you're fucking made out of. So if you're sitting there just pumping yourself full of sugar cereal, right? And it's, and then you wonder why you feel like shit all fucking day. And it's because you're pumping yourself full of sugar cereals Dude, and garbage. That shit, that shit would give me the straight up flu. Yeah. At a certain point in time, like I remember I was living at a buddy's house when I was like, I don't know, 17, 18. And I ate a handful of Skittles. Oh, yeah. And I, I fell asleep maybe about an hour later. I woke up with just the gnarliest flu, dude. Uh, gnarliest uh, flu. I attribute it to just coincidence or whatever. I didn't think they had anything to do with each other. Yeah. A couple years later, I ate a really fat, big old, just stoner bowl of Captain Crunch Crunch Berries. Yeah. Fell asleep. Got the flu, dude. You might be just, diabetic. Just crazy bad. But no, it was just the overabundance yeah. of all of that sugar and then falling asleep and letting it just kind of gestate in your body. Yeah. Like, I also have pretty shitty digestion problems. So it was like sleeping, laying on my back. That shit is not going to get digested. Mm-hmm. It just got me so fucking sick to where I was like, dude, I'm not eating sugar cereals anymore. I'm not eating just your buckets of candy anymore. Like, I'll have some chocolate and shit, right? Yeah. But, like, I I don't think I'm diabetic. But um, ah. but uh, d- but just too much sugar yeah. was just like, I might be hyperglycemic or yeah. some shit. You know what I mean? Because too much sugar will fuck me up. And I started thinking, like, wow, man, even if I, like, I stopped, I, has, I had to stop putting uh, sugary coffee creamer in my coffee. Yeah. To where now I'm on like raw sugar, brown sugar, and some cream, regular half and half or whatever, because I would get these splitting migraines of too much sugar, man. And I was like realizing like, wow, dude, they're just poisoning our fucking bodies, dude. Everything yeah. you fucking eat that you do not control or that you're not paying big bucks for, yeah, it's poison. It's an addictive substance. Everything that they want you to consume, that you are encouraged to consume, is an addictive substance. And... uh and everyone's just going around fucking hooked on it. Right. And like, you don't d- think I want McDonald's right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they don't realize that they're just, it's this, it's this fucking machine. Right. And, uh, and it's just people, and really it's people trying to fucking make as much money as they can 
selling you fucking something you need, which is food. But now they're, they've, they've, they've fucking bastardized it so much that they just sell you trash instead uh, to, to make profits and make ends meet, or not make ends meet, but just maximize profits that go in the fucking one goddamn guy at the top's pocket, uh, which I hate that too, by the way. That whole system is garbage. I always love that the Japanese, uh, uh, not all of them, but uh, a lot of companies have caps on their CEOs. Right. So they're just like... More uh, they, money, more goes back to the workers. Man. Yeah, well, no, it goes to the fucking stockholders. Oh, and well, and the uh, and the the workers get paid a, a real wage. Like they know right. they, they yeah they uh, a dignified wage. Yeah, they get and they get real health insurance and they get a real wage because the CEO isn't costing the company fucking fifty million dollars, right? They, the CEO makes fucking you know say a quarter mil, and you, you know everybody in the company is making seventy five k, and it's just like oh shit. Is that a reality that we can have real yeah, quick? Yeah, tell me that doesn't create a fucking happy work environment. Because yeah. I, you know, I see, I have these conversations with people like, oh man, paying paying people more, that's not the answer. It's like, no, you're creating a better work environment for people. Are you kidding me? Like, if, if everyone in the country were to have more money, yeah. we would all be happier, right? The I economy mean, would do so. better. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Once again, it's these hard conversations to have with people who frankly don't know yeah it's just speculations conjecture i i don't know you don't know we can we have opinions know. about there's it there's all kinds of ways to go about it i like the idea of not having a minimum wage mm. i get rid of it all together then when you go up to a motherfucker and he says sure i'll give you seven bucks an hour you go bitch right what right ain't nobody taking no seven dollars an hour okay right. 20 bucks right that's right. what the, that's what people need to survive someone will take that seven bucks an hour but they ain't gonna do good work they ain't yeah. gonna do the work that twenty dollars an hour guy's gonna do you know what i mean uh because the whole point of like uh uh let's go back to kevin killfeather's donut shop now you have to pay everybody $25 an hour because the state says. And it's like, well, what if everybody isn't a worth it, right? Or like, like I can only afford to hire one person now. Right. <laughs> one person's doing the whole job. Because man. donuts ain't making me that much money. Right. Um, so there's, I, I'm not, I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong, right? I'm just talking. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard on both ends of that spectrum, right? Because, um, so that's why I like the concept of the no minimum wage because I would never consider paying somebody $8 an hour if I was going to hire them. Like if I hire people, right? Like I, I give them like a, a reasonable, at least $10 an hour for their, if they're just fucking around, like you're going to come and unload. I just need a pair of hands, right? I can't pick these two boxes up by myself. I'll give you 50 bucks. Come to the club with me. Help me fucking pull it out of the truck put it back in the truck, right? And hey, yeah, that's it. That's, a, that's your job. And then that's a reasonable thing to offer somebody. I'll give you two drink tickets, bro. Yeah, um, because, you know, I have to make a little bit of money, but your time is worth time. Your, your time is worth money. And, um, but, you know, if it was just like this whole minimum wage conversation, then it'd be like, well, I'm only using you for three hours, so I'm giving you $24. Adjustments need to be made, that's for sure. When we talk about anything as far as politically or in society, adjustments have to be made. Compromises yeah. need to be fucking made. You know, that's that's how things work. It's how relationships work. That's how businesses work. Compromise. Well, they've been pushing the um, they've been doing this this game where they see how far they can stretch us. It's all a game for them, right? They're just going to stretch us. They're going to keep the minimum wage here and they're going to keep the cost of living going out from it. 
and see how much bullshit we can take until we go, hey, this isn't working, right? Like, uh, obviously, something, why didn't this go this way too? Right. Uh, You're stretching this pretty thin. And, um, and it's, it's super obvious. Like, I mean, you got, I couldn't go out and get a fucking job right now at $8 an hour and solve any problems in my fucking life. It might create more. It would probably, it would take more of my time and effort and energy to go to that $8 an hour fucking job than I could just easily create that fucking money in a day, you know, like, uh, $64. (laughs) Right. You know how much hustling I have to do to make $64 and that fucking much, man. And, uh, so it's like, that's just not realistic anymore. Uh, well, and the world is changing, man, right yeah. before our eyes. You know, I mean, like this whole pandemic thing has kind of like just blindsided everybody, especially the music industry. You know, like the music industry has now just pretty much stopped unless you're a recording artist. It's awful. You know, and so it's like the world is going to change. We yeah. need to adapt. You know, what happens when this is just normal? What happens when, yeah, you got to wear a mask everywhere you fucking go forever. What are you going to do then? You know what I mean? Like, it's not you the worst adapt. idea. It's not, not the worst idea. And talk to the Japanese. Yeah. Those people have been wearing masks way before this because of respect for each other. I was literally about to say the exact same thing. Right. And they're just ahead of the game on it. And maybe we should be, that should just be the norm. Maybe right. like cleaning doorknobs and giving each other personal space and, you know, not breathing all over everybody like we do because the, it's just, you know, when you go out in public like that, it's just a cesspool at that point when you really, when you really think about what's happening with the, your breath and everybody else's <laughs> breath. Right. It's just this huge cloud of humidity that's coming out of all of us. You know, we're just big bags of water. We blow steam off and it comes out of our mouths and it's full of bacteria. It always is. <laughs> and yeah, it's like when you go to a show and everyone's, you know, a little tipsy, everyone's sweaty and everyone's anticipating the, the night, you know, and then you have a guy coming up to you like, like, uh, there's there's a l- blaring band playing, and a guy comes up to you. He's talking to you right here. Hey, bro, what's up? What, how you doing, bro? Yeah. Hey, you want to make out? No. Okay, cool. Later. Yeah. And it's like those days are over, man. I don't need to lick your fucking face to say hi to you anymore. Oh you know yeah. What I mean, like, dude, even the handshake is like gone now. It's like just dap. We're good. Elbow. We're good. You know what I mean? It's not a sign of disrespect. It's more like, hey, man, I don't like getting sick. Yeah. I was working on the the fist bump for a long time yeah. because a um, people wash their hands, right? They're disgusting. People right. are gross. And B, the fucking the man handshake, right? Mm. Like oh, where the guy gotta, you gotta he, dig it he in. hooks just, the oh. fucking thumbs and then he's gonna squeeze your hand right. as hard as he fucking can and look at you in the eye. Yeah. Everybody that does that is an asshole. Or, or you You're know what I love? He asshole. catches you. He catches you too soon. Yeah. And you give him the old limp hand. Oh, I hate that. And then too. they're like, "You're a little bitch, dude." And you're like, Fuck "You were the one who tried to squeeze the life out of my knuckles." Yeah, they, they they're going for the they're going for it because they want that they want that real good grip. They just oh. They, they preemptive, right? They get the preemptive grab before you've even gone all the way in to hook the thumbs, and now they're just gonna squeeze your fucking fingers as hard as they can. Your kung fu grip is off, bro. You yeah, just gotta work on. Son it. of a bitch, just bump my fist. That's it, and I like that. I like a lot of the things that are coming out of this. Um, actually, I've had a few days where like I go out in public and like I deal with people, and I come home and I go, "You wouldn't believe what happened to me, babe." I went outside, and everybody was pleasant respectful of my wow. my my space in america and, and nice to me like they were courteous and oh let me get the door for you kind of shit you know like how we should treat each other right it's fucking amazing 
blew my mind. It's happened a couple times now. I've gone outside and everybody treated each other nicely and like with respect. And um, if we keep this up, we might change the fucking world. Like, honestly, it's, it's just a simple thing like that where courtesy and, and love and kindness can just fucking change. You can, you can trigger this chain reaction all the way down the line, man. And, uh, and I'm for it. And it could determine the path of your day. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about before, perception, if, you're, if, if the world is only, you can only see the world past that tip of your nose, man. You know, it's like if you're angry, yeah, everything that's going to come at you is going to be treated hostily. Yeah. But if you look at things from a happier perspective, you know, like even when I'm in a happier moment or a happier perspective um, and I'm in that positive light, even if someone does me wrong, I'm still more inclined to be like, oh, you know what? Whatever, man. Exactly. You know, like instead of if I was on the other side of that and rage were to take over and someone does me wrong, Ooh, then that demon really shines. Yeah, and you know? you're literally living in the difference of heaven or hell, and right. it's your own personal decision of where you decide to fucking make your home in your head. Uh, I think that's a great fucking spot to end it on because we are at the two-hour mark. Oh, shit. We two have been, hours. Doesn't it go by fast? Goes I'm going to have really to have fast. you on again because Absolutely. this has been so much fun. Oh, I agree. I really have enjoyed this conversation, but I have the whole two-hour limit on my fucking hard drive, honestly. I'm going gonna, I'll put, I'll put to get a bigger hard drive, and we can talk longer. And then we'll do a four-hour podcast just to just really just screw people's minds up. Yeah, everyone's going to be like, four hours? I mean, like you're going to watch eight minutes and 30 seconds of it in, no matter how long it is motherfucker 24 hour podcast i got youtube analytics <laughs> i know what you're doing right thank you for the views though and thank you for subscribing by the way uh and uh thank you for sharing everybody like i love all my fucking subscribers it's amazing that people fucking support me doing this uh thank you so much uh thank you for watching and we have had uh cake hillfeather on the show we're gonna pull your website up actually look at this kkillfeather.com and we have ourselves a fancy uh, promo that we're going to play and we'll, we'll play ourselves off from that. Let's come back to this little fucking thing here. I just want to say thank you so much for being on my podcast. Dude, thanks for having me, man. This was a blast. It has been so much fun talking to you. Uh, you have a new single King Creep coming July 27th uh, from Golden Robot Global Entertainment. Uh, and their punk rock division, Riot Records, right? That's happening there. Yeah. Pre-order now through the website, kkillfeather.com. There's their website again. Uh, and you have a full-length island of forgotten toys out later this year. This has been so much fun. And, uh, yeah, once again, thank you for being on To The Fullest. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm going to play out your uh, your video here. Peace. Come on, brought your car back, half take your gas.